going on everybody and welcome to the season premiere of South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts Joe Mandel and I'm joined by my White Sox brothers in arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi and Steven Zim Zimmerman. Gentlemen, baseball is just around the corner. The season starts on Thursday and we are ready for some baseball. Vinny, before we get it to Zim, how you feeling? Are you excited for ball? I cannot wait. Every time we get to this point of the year, I'm thinking to myself, okay, how are the White Sox going to play this year? Last year, we had some lofty expectations coming in, and they went poo-poo right on our face all season long. It was <laughs> they did one of those years. So, like, I was doing some research. It's like the fifth best year in White Sox history in my life, like, since I've been born, which is absolutely pathetic because they were only 500. But, like, most of the years, they're under 500. But the reason it felt so awful was because of the fact that the expectations coming in were like World Series or bust. They didn't even make it to the postseason. The Cleveland Guardians, to their credit, played outstanding, hard effort baseball every single day. There's a new manager. Things are switched up a little bit. Got a couple new outfielders, a couple other new pitchers, a better attitude, I would say, overall. And this team's ready to rock. I'm ready to rock. South Burbs Hitman Season 3 opening show season three debut 2.0 let's go that's 2.0 let's do it and speaking of 2.0 steven zim zimmerman and the reason i say that is because he's gonna be a new man because he's gonna be a married man soon zim how you feeling buddy hey life is good i am ready for baseball season to start 
it has been a very long off season and a very quiet off season from our White Sox. So it's good to finally have something to talk about here. Finally, something to look forward to, something to actually break down and analyze and not just pretend that this could happen or that could happen or, you know, some minor league who gives a shit player hit a home run in spring training. Like we have mm-hmm. real hard White Sox baseball right in front of us in just a couple days. I'm so, so ready for this. I think we're all beyond ready and there's a lot of things to be excited about and our buddies congrats, congratulating you, Zim and Travis in the chat. So, you know, we're, I think we're all excited for you. Um, not to pull it from baseball again, but you know, he's, he's, he's diving in head first. I did it. Vinny will do it soon enough. Hint, Absolutely. Hint. I know, I know Katie's <laughs> watching and she's like, yeah, you better buddy. <laughs> Where is it? B word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You B word. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I'm having a little bit too much fun right off the cuff in the beginning of the show guys. So that's what we do. That's what we do. I'm feeling my oats as they say in the country. Um, but let's dive in boys. Spring training was a heck of a spring. Last game, I believe, is tomorrow, right, Vin? Or is it today? I think it was just tomorrow. What was your question? Sorry, I realized I might have a little bit of a hot mic. What? What? I said uh, t- tomorrow is the last game of spring training, right? Or was it today? Uh, no, I believe they do play tomorrow. Let me. I actually have no idea if they have a game tomorrow. I know today they tied the Cubs six to six, and I haven't looked too far beyond that because I know that opening day is Thursday. Um, are they now, now that I think about it, opening day being Thursday, they might be off tomorrow. How? how what a shame nope. on me. They, uh, they play the gone. Cubbies again tomorrow. They, oh yeah, okay. They do play them one more time tomorrow. Okay. Yep. We got one more out at what is that Camelback Ranch or whatever it's called. Yeah, because they were at Sloan today, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Sloan Park charges for parking and Camelback Ranch does not. Another reason to be a White Sox fan and not a Cubs fan. That's right. Forget those lovable losers in the north side. When we could be our own lovable losers on the south side. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hateable. They're hateable losers, to be honest, <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. They've got their moments, that's for sure. What's but... to love about losing? Man, This our, our team lost you know just a little bit more than normal last year and we were pissed about it like yeah. i've never understood the whole lovable loser mentality no you're just a loser like that's the end that's the whole the whole descriptor right there and there's really no reason if we're being honest with each other there's really no reason for the white Sox to three out of every four years be the american league central division champion like They're a mid-market team playing in a large market. That is an advantage over pretty much every team in the MLB. The only teams that's not an advantage over is Boston, New York, uh, the Dodgers. The Cubs have a little more money. I would put them on that list. Um, The Cardinals draw in free agents a little bit better than the White Sox do, but that doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way at all, in my opinion. And I don't buy the, the White Sox can't do this, the White Sox can't do this crap. I buy the White Sox choose not to do this, choose not to do that type of crap. Um, yeah, but you know, true. maybe things will change. They have in three of the last, or no, two of the last four years, broken their own record for franchise contracts, or uh, how much it's worth, and 
I do think that's a step in the right direction. Although there's plenty of work to be done, they're one of four teams to never hand out a hundo Milo. Um, that's baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, Dylan Cease, right? No. <laughs> we'll see. Well, Dylan Cease leaves if he's not one of those players. So mm-hmm. same thing for Tim Anderson. So we shall see. Well, if we have a rough year, you might see Timmy get traded too. That's another thing, but hopefully not. Certainly. We'll see how things go. It's definitely a possibility. But uh, some of the one of the big highlights of this spring, guys, and I correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, but I think – one of the biggest shows of spring was the Oscar Colas show. I mean, this is a guy that proved himself and clearly reports are coming out that he's making this team out of spring and he's going to be our starting right fielder. So, I mean, just curious what your guys' thoughts. I have some video of his minor leagues stuff from last year, um, but uh, I'm just excited to see what this guy can do. Absolutely. Zim, why don't you start with Colas? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm excited about Colas. He has power both he is all the things that you want as a defensive player as well, um, which is something that the Sox have sorely lacked in the outfield for about three or four years now, um, really since Adam Eaton came back to the team. <laughs> They've kind of been lost in the outfield. And so now having Colos and right and Benintendi and left, you know, Benintendi underrated signing. I know we already touched on that a little bit, but – uh, Oscar Colas, he's he's an investment player for me. Um, I mean, look at this I, bat. I mean, that's just a bomb. Oh yeah, the guy hits it forever. I mean, if if he plays this season and plays well, and I'm not talking like you know just a platoon guy. I'm talking day to day starter. If he plays, he will probably be in the home run derby this year. I would genuinely put money on that. He's going to be an exciting player to watch. Um, I, I love that you've got some Winston-Salem Dash highlights here because I've actually got some Winston-Salem Dash uh, autograph cards. Uh, I mean, I know that I make it no secret nice. that I'm a card collector. Um, and yeah, I have started collecting some Oscar Colas autographs because uh, I think they're just going to go to the moon. I think this guy's the real deal. And uh, when he comes into the league, you know, the way that Luis Robert really took the league by storm with his power and his flashiness in the outfield. I think Colas could do the same thing and we'd be in for a real treat watching the two of them side by side every day as Sox fans. Zim, before I get into my thoughts on him in terms of baseball, I have a question for you in terms of cards is Oscar Colas. uh, Is an Oscar Colas card, the best buy low option on the white Sox right now? Is he have the highest value, lowest floor right now? Like a lot of people buy like Luis Robert cards were really, really crazy. I remember a couple years ago is Oscar Colas kind of in that mix. I think he's in the mix. Um, Believe it or not. I think your best bet is Dylan Cease. His cards still sell pretty low. And if he goes nutso again this year and wins a Cy Young is his value is going to go real high, real quick. Um, you know, that's just something that I've noticed uh, in the current market with sports cards. Um, I think Dylan Cease is criminally underrated by the rest of the league. Um, but as far as, you know, the other thing is uh, one of the things that dictates value, you know, is availability. And Oscar Colas is not a widely available player as far as the card market goes right now sure. because he is still so young and fresh. So um, that's just my thoughts on the whole thing. Um, Tim Anderson, believe it or not, still a pretty reasonably priced card as well. Um, and Colson Montgomery, 
his cards are out there, man. And they are hard to get your hands on. But if he turns out to be half the player that the Sox think he could be to the moon. Absolutely. That's very interesting. I like hearing that. And I have a lot of faith in Oscar Colas. Um, Oscar Colas, he can hit for power. He can hit for contact. He fields the position of right field well, which is not something that the White Sox have had, you know, in terms of a long-term plan, they signed Adam Eaton. He was okay defensively, was hot to start, ended up being cut by June. It was one of those weird signings that Rick Hahn made with limited budget. Um, basically, since Alex Rios, I can't remember the last time that the White Sox had like a consistent right fielder to play every single day. And I'm excited about it because Colas, he kind of fits like – what the White Sox got going on right now, very heavy in the Cuban market, obviously with Moncada and Robert um, coming over. They traded for Moncada, signed Robert. They had a Abreu. Mini Minoso is one of their all-time greatest players. It's just one of those things where they just do so well in that market, and Oscar Colas is hoping to be the next one in that long list. Um, I think you guys nailed it right on the head when you said that outside of the World Baseball Classic and what went on with Team USA versus Team Japan and Cuba kind of coming back from being down 0-2 and making it all the way to the semis, outside of that, I would say Oscar Colas is the biggest story in White Sox land from the uh, spring training point of view. I mean, a couple of the other signings that they've made, and we'll get to that in a little bit, haven't necessarily had the best spring trainings of all time, even though we know it's just spring training. And once the games begin for real, we're not really too worried about it, but I am confident that Colas, he is going to make the opening day roster. They're going to, they have to purchase his contract because he doesn't have one of those fancy schmancy long-term contracts that were given out to guys like Moncada and Jimenez beforehand. Um, they had to do the same thing with Andrew Vaughn. Like you just got to purchase their contract first. And that official transaction will probably happen once spring training is over. Uh, after tomorrow, it wouldn't shock me if they announce it officially tomorrow night or Wednesday um, after the cup game, but I'm excited about him. Power. I mean, just effortless looking swings. It's not like, you know, some guys, their swings are pretty. His look effortless and no. he, he, he drives it far and plays good defense. I'd put him in the lineup on opening day. I mean, this, this is a white Sox team that, you can't really go by what you've done for the last 15 years or so because none of it's worked. You know, you think, you think you're smart keeping Leary Garcia for all this time. I do believe that was a Tony thing. Well, Tony's gone now. Don't need that in your life anymore. Play the guys who are the best at baseball. I'm excited about Oscar Colas. Yeah, me too, Vinny. And, you know, to piggyback off that, I will get into predictions and stuff later, but – I think that's kind of what makes this team so unpredictable, right? It's like you have Colas, who's like this powder keg player. You have Luis Robert, who if he's on, if he's trending in the right direction, is like an MVP candidate, right? And then you got Andrew Benatendi, who's probably the most underrated signing all offseason by any team, I would argue, for a guy that's going to fit in and do what he's supposed to do. Then you pair with Andrew Vaughn. You got Tim Anderson, who's a guy that's going to probably hit close to 300 almost every year for average and get on base a lot. This team goes one or two ways. There's nothing in between. This team will either be a world beaters and they're just going to freaking destroy everybody they come up against and win like a hundred games, or they're going to completely suck balls and they're going to win like 55 games. I don't think there's like anything in between here. I'm being completely honest with you. No, but I think that's a great, 
argument to make because clearly management thought that the issue with this team was the coaching and the preparedness. They really thought that there weren't many holes on this roster because they didn't go out and fill a whole bunch of holes. They think they've got the guys in house right now. They just have to figure out how to put it together. And, you know, as much as Tony's been around the game, as much as Tony was able to do a lot for this team, you know, their hitting was really lackluster in his time with the Sox. Their aggressiveness was overall pretty mediocre, pretty average. You know, in that first season, we saw them forcing the issue a lot. And last year, we didn't really see them pushing that the same way that they did. It was really lackluster. It was really mediocre. It was almost like they weren't playing hard, which was really weird to see. Because they weren't. And that's just it. They weren't. Every single player on the team had a down year. And there's obviously a reason for that, right? So we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And I'm not going to pretend like we do. But by making this change to Pedro Griefall and bringing in a new hitting coach and bringing in some new base coaches and, and things of that nature, new training staff, you know, they think that they're going to make significant change just by moving these pieces off the field. And again, that just tells me the faith they have in the product that they've put together. And that last season was an anomaly and not the um, expectation. Yeah, I hope that's the case for sure. Um, well, obviously we'll get into to season predictions a little bit later in the show, but I had to bring that up because I feel like Colas is such a big factor when it comes to this team and how they're going to move forward. Um, especially without, Jose Abreu in the lineup, which which we get to see him this week, but that's besides the point. Um, we do have to dabble into some other big news about a certain legend that is no longer legendary on our team at the moment. Um, at least, for, at least if the rumors are to be true, uh, Vinny, I guess I could let you speak to this a little bit, but Larry Garcia uh, apparently not making this team, at least from what it sounds like, from what everything that's going around. Uh, social media, I think it's $15 million left on his contract uh, and he's not going to make the team. So dive in Vinny, tell us what you got, but man, that's, it's, it sounds like the team's prioritizing performance over everything right now. As they should. I honestly, in my heart believe that if Tony LaRusso wasn't around, I'm not going to just go back to Tony LaRusso all season long. I promise. I know I was hard on him last year. It was simply baseball. It has nothing to do with anything personal. But I have one more negativity on Tony LaRusa. He loved Leary Garcia. That is just a fact. It was shown once. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Took over for the Sox as the manager after the oh, Tony got sick. Um, um, oh, my I'm gosh. So I know. stupid. What a complete moron I am. Um, <laughs> no, I, I can I know Leary, Gar- Leary Garcia stopped playing. He stopped playing. And I honestly believe – after 2021, when his contract was up, if Tony LaRusso, Miguel Cairo, I honestly believe if Tony LaRusso wasn't the manager of the 2021 White Sox, Leary Garcia would have hit free agency. Nobody would have signed him until he got a PTO in spring training. He wouldn't have made anyone's team and he'd be playing in another country. I honestly yep. don't believe he would be playing Major League Baseball after the 2021 season if Tony La Russa wasn't their manager. Maybe that's a hot take. Maybe it's not. He was awful. 
He was mostly awful for the he second half of his tenure with the White Sox. He had some good moments when they were rebuilding. That was nice. Thank you for that, Leary. You, uh, you know, it's always nice to have, you know, good soldiers when you're rebuilding, guys who can eat innings, help you get through the season, let the young guys develop in the minors. You need Leary Garcia on the timeline. You just extended. But he's it way not a. Far. But he's not a utility player, though, Vinny. Yeah, I mean that, and that's another thing that goes to show, like why, <laughs> why the manager, who being who it was, had a lot to do with him playing. And people will blame Rick Hahn, and I'm no Rick Hahn apologist. He's made a lot of boneheaded decisions and mm-hmm. you know stupid, stupid things that had nothing to do with Jerry Reinsdorf's money. Jerry Reinsdorf's money had nothing to do with trading Magical and Hoyer for Kimbrel or Kimball, Kim, Craig Kimbrel. And, you know, stuff like that is just dumb. But I just couldn't believe that Leary Garcia lasted as long as he did with the White Sox. It makes them seem like a serious franchise. The way that they're, you know, possibly letting him go, I I believe the reports. One issue I have is that the guy who everybody's praising, who's going to make the team over Leary Garcia, is Hanser Alberta. We are going to sit here and act like his really, really nice three-week stretch in spring training ball is going to make him anything other than Leary Garcia this season. He probably just going to end up being Leary Garcia 2.0. White Sox Twitter is going to hate him by July because he's going to be batting 210 and an OPS under six under 700. He's hot right now. He's not your mean Mercedes because he has major league experience, unlike your mean did. So no pitchers were able to – pitchers didn't know what to expect from him early on. That's why he was so successful. I just – I don't like the fact that he's going to be the one who takes the roster spot. Yeah, and if we're looking at his stats, got 40, 40 at-bats, 18 hits, six doubles, a triple, two homers, six ribbies, he even managed to squeak in a walk. Only struck out four times, Vinny. That's kind of what stood out to me this spring. That's uh, that's surprising with that many at bats. But look at that batting average: four fifty, slugging eight hundred. Look at that OPS: one point two seven six. Um, it's an impressive spring. It's, no doubt. I think it's hard. It's hard to not make the team with those yeah. numbers. But what's crazy is when you look at. You know, Vinny, Vinny says he's going to Alberto's going to end up being just like Garcia. When you look at their career numbers side by side, I mean, they're almost identical. It's wild. I mean, granted, Alberto has about a thousand less at bats. So what, three seasons, two seasons worth of play, um, yeah. you know, depending on his role. But. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, but, you know, their numbers side by side. OBP identical slugging percentage off by 30 points OPS off by 30 points OPS plus off by five points. Like they're, they're the same player. So I guess it makes sense not to keep one. And if you're going to keep one, you keep the cheaper one, right? And the one who's been hot in spring training. Leary Garcia has been awful in spring training. That does make it a lot easier for sure. Yes. I makes agree. you feel like Alberto's on the way up, whereas Garcia's on the way out, you know. And, and if we're looking, I don't think we've seen the last of Larry Garcia. I will throw that out there. I, I mean, think, how often this team gets injured. That's they, exactly it. If they send him down. I mean, they if, brought back Yolmer Sanchez an extra time more than we all yep. thought, too. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. If he's, if he's not um, outright waived or um, traded to another team – you know, if, if he does go down to Charlotte, 
I fully expect him to be the 26th man for a few weeks. I expect to see him replacing injured players, um, you know, alongside, um, you know, Jake Berger, Romy Gonzalez, guys like that. So, yeah. And speaking of Jake Berger, he was the second, had the second most at bats out of anybody this spring, um, which I think is eye opening because they want to see what he can do. Yeah. And I'm hearing he's still not going to make the team. Uh, Vinny, I don't know if you're hearing anything else about that or not. Yeah, I don't believe Jake Berger is going to make the team. It wouldn't shock me if Gavin Sheets doesn't make the team either, to be honest with you. Um, They're going to let Alberto make it. I mean, listen, spring training is an audition to make the team. And if you have a good spring training and you're on the fence, if you have a good spring training, it's better than having a bad spring training. Like guys like Romy Gonzalez, who's supposed to be part of this team and whatnot. He's been terrible. Uh, Leary Garcia been terrible. Um, they're obviously locks to make the team, you know, no matter how bad, bad Ben attendees look this spring, he's making the team. Um, the world baseball classic has more influence on spring training too, than people think if the world baseball classic wasn't going on, Jake Berger would have half the at bats that he did because Moncada would have played a lot. I know Berger played some first, but it was a lot of time, you know, I, I he doesn't look like a natural first baseman to me when he's over there. I, like, even mm-hmm. though he's not that good defensively at third. I still see him as more of a third baseman than a first baseman. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I, you know, there's been way more at bats available in spring training this year for everyone, except for guys like Tim Anderson, who was gone for the entire thing. Moncada and Robert were gone for the whole thing. Uh, Jimenez was there until the semifinals. Um, I'm trying to, was that, it for the bats. I know Kendall Graveman, Lance Lynn, Jose Ruiz were also there, but they, those were pitchers. So it's going to be interesting. There are a lot more hitters on the fence to make this team. It actually, it wouldn't shock me if at minimum for the Astros series for opening day and whatnot, they have an extra hitter and one less bullpen arm. You know, do they see how Billy Hamilton plays an opening weekend before they cut him or do they allow Gavin Sheets to make the team instead of a depth reliever? I don't know. And so there are lots of ways to look at what that final roster is going to look like, but I don't know. I, I, I would rather Alberto than Garcia. I just, I, I warn people to be very, very careful about getting a little too excited for him because he and his career has been Leary Garcia. <laughs> yeah. And we're paying we're paying Garcia fifteen million dollars to go away too. So, yes, it's only eleven. <laughs> it's only eleven million. <laughs> it's it? five and a half. Was... It's five and a half a season over the next two seasons. Got it. Yeah, it was still a miserable contract, but we're a third of the way through it already. So at least there's that. But yeah, I think a lot of the performance of this team a lot of the roster construction of this team is is going to come down to the new manager um i think it's all going to come down to decisions that he makes um and i don't know if our artwork is updated or not yet but it's our not, segment but it will sure, be it will be next week <laughs> since we no longer have larusa's locker this season we are introducing a brand new segment that is exactly the same called pedro's pen Yes, he was definitely wrong because it's he's gone. But uh, this is Pedro's pen where we such talk a terrible about... manager. 
He was so he was bad in every way. Imagine what we could have done. Um, but anyway, Pedro's pen. Uh, Pedro's first spring, his first couple games with the White Sox. I uh, just want to chuck it around, see what you guys think about how Pedro did this spring. I, I mean, immediately for me, I mean, the, the, the note about getting rid of Garcia and putting performance over everything else tells me there's a, a huge culture shift on this team. And for me, that gets me excited as a fan. So that's that's my number one takeaway. And props to Pedro for uh, for doing that. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And Pedro Grafal has kind of made things feel a little bit different. Now, just because you may have hated Tony LaRussa, Tony LaRussa was a terrible manager in round two with the White Sox. Make no mistake about it. But that doesn't give Pedro Grafal a free pass for no. not being Tony. Okay, you got to go out there and manage well, too. I will have no problem poo-pooing you just as much as I did the previous manager if you stink. Don't walk guys with a one-two count, okay, and then the next batter hits a home run and then try to tell me that wasn't the reason you lost the game. Um, Don't, you know, know the rules for extra innings and whatnot. Don't let Liam Hendricks run the bases when you know you can replace him with someone. Okay, have better bullpen management, better lineup construction. He's already talked about enjoying um, using the same nine, one through nine, as with the continuity. He appreciates that. Where with the previous manager, this guy would bet second this game, which is like a premier spot in the lineup, and then he'd be on the bench the next game because he stinks. It's like, well, why is it when he plays, he's batting second, but when he doesn't, it's like he's an often a healthy scratch. Nothing made sense. A lot of it was based on feel from someone who was out of touch. Pedro Grafal, you have a chance to be a first-time manager that comes into this league and does things a certain way, use a, use a combination of feel and analytics and put them together, put in a pot and mix it up. We see guys all the time go from being bench coaches, well-respected bench coaches, to yep. being good major league managers. We see it all the time. We saw it with uh, Alex Cora in the Boston Red Sox. He was with Houston. And I know Kansas City's not Houston. But he was with Kansas City when they were a juggernaut. Back-to-back World Series appearances, including a World Series victory for Kansas City in 2015. I, I really enjoy what I've been seeing from Pedro Grafal. I've enjoyed what he said. If he lives up to the things he says, you know, I hope he's not like a politician who like says they're going to do all these things and then none of it ever happens. If he does the things he says, like get effort out of people, you you want to play, you got to show you want to play. If, if he holds players accountable and keeps the lineups rolling one through nine relatively close to every day, I think it'll be a good year. And did you guys see what Salvador Perez had to say about him? That was, I think that's a big telltale signs. He credits him with helping develop him and turn him into the player he is. And he said he thinks he's going to be one of the top managers in the league just because of how much his players love him and for how much he knows about the game. Uh, that has me really excited. Um, anytime you hear about one of the best catchers in the game of baseball, uh, crediting your manager with a lot of his success, I mean, that's that's a pretty big compliment. And there are a few people in the league, and then, Zim, you could go, there are a few people in the league who you – respect when they say something because they don't they don't yap all the time and they have these credentials like a world series mvp to go on top of your world series victory salvador perez is one of those types of players and so when he speaks i listen 
just like we listen to Zim. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you can, or you can't, you know, that's up to you. Um, hopefully I don't put you to sleep though. So honestly, I really just think that I have liked what I've heard from Griffal. Um, I'll be completely honest. I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch as many spring training games as I would have liked to. Um, but I feel like you don't always really get a good feel for a manager's style in spring training anyways. Yeah. So that's something, you know, that I want to make sure that I touch on here in this uh, segment is, you know, I want to see what he does. I feel like um, the last couple of years and, and, you know, because they have the same pitching coach now, right? They still have Ethan Katz. It's not Don Cooper there anymore. And, you know, Don Cooper was with the Sox for a long time and he was really known for like trusting his guys, letting them do their thing and feel themselves out. And if guy said, I didn't have it today, you know, Coop listened and he pulled them. And if they said, no, no, I still got an inning left. He let them roll. And because of that, you know, we saw a lot of guys go deep into games. I mean, I don't know how many times you'd turn on the game in the seventh inning and you'd still see Burley or Garland or, or uh, uh, Contreras out on the mound, you know, pretty regularly while uh, Don Cooper was there. And, you know, I know that's still somewhat recent compared to how long Don Cooper was with the White Sox. But, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see how Ethan Katz and Pedro Grifol manage this staff now because I felt like constantly last year I was getting annoyed by pitchers getting pulled in the fourth inning, you know, the fifth inning, like constantly. I'm like, man, have we seen a pitcher reach the sixth inning all season? And this was like June at that point when I'm saying that. And so I really want to see how he allows the team to develop uh, as a game goes on, not just as a season goes on, you know, just within the moments, how, how he manages the guys. Um, and like I say, as far as off the field goes, I've, I've gotten to hear a lot of what he said. I've gotten to read a lot of what he said. I really think he's saying all the right things. Um, he's not trying to impress anybody with the things he's saying. He's not trying to, make a statement with anything that he's saying. He's just talking baseball. He's letting you know how he's going to do it. And he's not being wishy-washy about it. He's putting it down and letting it be. It, just like we hope he does with the lineups this year, that he says he wants to do with the lineups this year. Put them down and let them be. You know, set that one through nine. Let the guys go. You know, know who you're going to at each moment. That's another thing that I think kind of drove us all crazy was the amount of different relievers that were used in just the strangest situations over the last. I mean, this goes back before Tony even. Um, you know, um, Robin Ventura and uh, Rick Renteria, both. You know, the last three managers right there. They have all just used the the strangest combination of relievers and closers um you know it, when Hendricks hasn't been out on the field that is um which we're not going to see for at least the first half of the season it sounds like you know so how are we going to manage all that um but the bullpen's been pretty solid through spring training so at yep. least we have that to fall back on so <clears throat> this brings us to the next question because we're talking about bullpen management and pitching management Vinny I mean what does this team do for closer? Are we going to do like a closer by committee? Are we going to stick with like a Ray Naldo Lopez? I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, spring is kind of hard to, to, to see what's going to happen on a day-to-day -day basis during the regular season. Yeah, it's hard to tell during spring, kind of similarly to like what we were saying about evaluating Pedro Grafal. They're not going to use the same closer 
in every game, you know, up by three situation late. Like that's just not how spring training works. You you're trying out different things. You're using guys who aren't even going to make the team. So, you know, it's hard to really determine without talking to Pedro Grafal about it. And he'll never give you a straight shot answer right now. Um, but if I had to guess based on, you know, like an educated guess, um, Kendall Graveman has experience closing. He spent some time closing. He didn't close as much with Houston, but he, he, he can. And with Seattle, he's got some closing moments. And I believe he had a couple saves even last year with the White Sox. And he's probably outside of Liam Hendricks, in my opinion, got the nastiest stuff. Maybe Aaron Bummer. Sometimes Reynaldo Lopez, it's one of those guys. I don't see Aaron Bummer as much of a closer. I think he's a premier setup man, maybe even a seventh inning guy, a sixth inning guy, depending on the starter that day. First yeah. out of the bullpen, I think, I, I you know, sometimes for Aaron Bummer too. Um, I like Reynaldo Lopez as a dual closer slash long reliever. Like it's got to be one of the two for him for me. I think he can be a closer as well. I don't think there will be one guy unless somebody like really gets hot and like three, four or five saves in a row. And then you start to look at them as the guy. Um, I, I see them closing by committee. I think it'll be Kendall Graveman one game. They'll use Reynaldo Lopez. And they probably will use Aaron Bummer. Jake Diekman is there. We'll see what happens when Garrett Crochet comes back. Um, obviously Jose Ruiz was outstanding in the world baseball classic. I know it's slightly lesser competition in the world baseball classic for some of the countries you play against, but, you know, he looked really good in the World Baseball Classic. Um, there is my – oh, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's got experience. I don't know if they'll use him. He had a bad year last year, but if there was somebody with experience, two-time World Series champion with two different teams type of guy, Joe Kelly, I mean, we'll see what kind of nasty stuff he brings. It'll be done by committee, but I think a bulk of it will be Kendall Graveman and Reynaldo Lopez. I'm with you, man. I think so. I think so as well. And uh, obviously, very impressive that Liam is still throwing and doing stuff like that during treatment. Um, Got to give all the crop credit in the world to him, and of course, all the White Sox Nation and, and the Southburn Sitman, of course, in your corner, Liam, friend of the show, uh, friend of the network, and uh, a guest on Vinny's Crosstown Crosstalk. And I, I can hear it in his his accent right now, Vinny, as I say that. This is Do Liam Hendricks. Good. This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Cross Talk. That's right. <laughs> on the Barroom so, uh, Network. On the Barroom Network. That's right. Bam. Uh, <laughs> well, we we hope we hope that he's um, back at it soon and kicks his things ass. So, Liam, we're ready for you to come back, and we're we're in your corner, man. So, moving on from that, what's the opposite of a dud? I. Huh. I can't remember what the segment's called. It's like a famous thing that the Hawk used to say. And I don't know. I think it's something like the put it on the board player of the week or something like that. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. To put it on the board player of the spring. And uh, I'm assuming that's what you were referring to in the chat, Zim, for Vinny to do it. But I just set it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All good. But anyway, put it on the board, player of the spring. There's a handful of players that had a real nice spring. 
and I can let you guys take it away first. Was it? And he's laughing. I don't know if he's laughing at me or. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just saw it. I like. It was weird. You know how like it's got the red number two next to private chat. My mouse, the little pointer finger, was covering the two. <laughs> it's a big I had no clue finger, there was dude. a chat in there. <laughs> Vinny's Vinny's mouse cursor is like a foam finger. It's like I'm this, annoyed. This whole screen. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. <laughs> it's all good, man. But Zim, I'm curious for you, who's your player of the spring? Well, the White Sox organization clearly feels that Hanser Alberto is the player of the spring, considering that uh, he's likely going to be on the opening day roster. Uh, as far as all rumors and indications are pointing right now. Um, but personally, uh, a guy that Vinny was actually just talking about, Joe Kelly, he's he's my putter on the board player of the spring. He bounced back really nicely this spring from a rough season last year. Um, and he didn't, you know, light it up. He didn't blow anybody away. But in eight appearances, you know, he pitched all eight innings, seven strikeouts, so almost one per appearance. Um, which for a guy uh, at this point in his career, I think that's exactly what you want from him. A 225 yeah. ERA with a 113 whip. Uh, that's that's Joe Kelly. That's what you signed Joe Kelly to be. So for him to step back from, like we said, a, a crappy season last year. I mean, his ERA was six. Like, <laughs> it's not a good season for anybody. It was probably the worst season of his career, actually. But for him to come back, bounce back from that, be the guy that the Sox expected him to be when they signed him. And I mean, he, he just, he looks, he looks like the mean, nasty Joe Kelly that the Dodgers had, you know, the guy who was getting gifts made of him, you know, crying at people, screaming F words at guys, you know, as they walk back to the dugout, you know, I'm better than you, you know, that guy. So hopefully the Sox got a little bit of that nastiness back with him because um, they can really use that at the back the back end of that bullpen. Well, hey, they, they he looks to be healthy. I mean, you couldn't have said that at any point last no. year. Joe, Joe That's Kelly. A, this is the first yeah. time in probably four seasons he's been truly healthy. I mean, between all the various different elbow ailments he had, between whatever was uh, egging with him last year, like he just – it's always been something nagging at him. It was his all ankle, I gotta say right? is he better not play tomorrow. <laughs> Jinxing him all the way to the I know, right? To the the uh IR. I gotta say, I can't imagine we see anybody that they expect to play this weekend play tomorrow. Yeah, I'd hope not. I would run a triple A lineup out there. Uh, exactly. I think you know, if we see guys like Berger out there, if we see guys like Sheets out there. You know, it's a pretty good indication of how the the organization's feeling about them right now. Yeah, and I, I got to say, my my player of the spring, I mean, the correct answer is Oscar Colas. We already talked a whole segment about him, so I'm not going to bring it up again. But I was pretty impressed with what I've seen out of Lucas Giolito this spring. Uh, this is a guy that looks like he's kind of coming back down to earth. I mean, you think he threw like 14 innings or so, and he gave up, I think, I believe only five runs. Yeah, look right now, five runs on uh, 14 and a third innings. Uh, he the only thing I he had 21 strikeouts in there as well, which is very impressive. But I also want to talk about he did give up two home runs and he did have five walks in 14 innings. But the strikeout rate and him getting the outs is important to me. 
And uh, I think maybe we may be seeing a little bounce back because he's not as he he's not as like ripped as he was. He took off a little bit of that weight. Back to lanky Giolito time, um, and that's kind of what made him special. So I, I I'm looking forward to see what he does coming out of spring because uh, his performance is really crucial to this team uh, more than anybody is willing to admit. I think we all know that a Lucas Giolito, a good Lucas Giolito, is going to get us you know an extra five wins this season. And I think that's a big difference in this division. So uh, Giolito is my answer for player of the spring. It's a good answer. It's a really good answer. And I was going back and forth on like who I think I'm going to pick for this because there are a couple decent options. Obviously, there are some guys who have had some good spring ball. Um, I'm going to go with an oh, interesting answer here. And there are going to be some people that roll their eyes like, oh, chalk answer, blah, 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 blah. Dylan Cease was terrible in his first he was. He was. He, bad as I've ever seen him pitch. He didn't have a he didn't have a game that bad in his rookie year. I mean, he was just horrid. He might have never had a game that bad. It was life. the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he bounced back. He was so good every other start pretty much. And like there were a couple like early in his second start, I think he gave up a run early and it was like, uh-oh, what's wrong with Dylan Cease? And then he buckled in and this last start he had was awesome. And so I honestly think because of the the mental fortitude to bounce back from that, know how much pressure's on you because you're going to go from making 5 million to 25 million in a couple off seasons if you just continue pitching very well. And there's a lot of pressure on that. It's hard to say a guy didn't peak when he came in second for the Cy Young. And you, that's, I'm sure that's a worry. Did I just peak? Am I ever going to have a season where I come second for Cy? He can have some great all-star caliber seasons that aren't what last year was. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's, and it's a tough reality. It's a tough yeah. reality. And I, I think he handled it well. Tough start. And he bounced back. I like what I've seen from Dylan Cease. I'm giving him my nod for the um, – player of the spring it's definitely a hot take Vinny uh because just for White Sox Nation and, uh, and our our wonderful listeners Dylan Cease pitched 16 innings this spring okay he gave up 18 hits 13 earned runs 12 walks and 17 strikeouts so uh and how many of oh, those were in the very first game I think I think like eighty percent, eighty-five. A large majority of them. Just the the, the walks is the scary thing for me. Obviously yes, I Dylan. will give you that. That was an issue last year. It was absolutely. So Dylan Cease, uh, if you start walking guys, that's when you know he's getting in trouble. So, um, side note, on oh, man, where was I going to go? I had a point I was going to make. Um, shoot, I lost it. It's gone. Poof, disappeared. Um, oh, it was a question in the chat. That's what I was going to say. Um, Vinny, you may have seen this. I haven't had a chance to watch all the games. You might have a better answer, but PZ asked in the chat, does Giolito have his velocity back? I would say he does. Um, there are a lot of things I've noticed Giolito has back. His off-speed stuff has been magnificent. He's still working on, you know, the movement, I would say, but the velocity looks better. The fastball looks better. His changeup 
which is his moneymaker. And I truly believe that his changeup, when it's at its best, is amongst the best pitches in Major League Baseball. Anyone's pitch. Like Dylan Cease's uh, his little knuckle curve – or not knuckle curve. It's his slider. The slider that he throws is amongst the best, like, whiff rate and spin rate and stuff like that in the league. Giolito's changeup is up there in terms of effectiveness when it's at its best. And so I would say that looked good. The, the fastballs have been looking good. He looks a lot slimmer, which last year everyone was praising him because he looked like extra beefed up. That really doesn't that really doesn't matter too much because it kind of affected his mechanics and he didn't look all that good being all beefed up. So this year he tried to slim it back down, get back to the weight he was when he looked like an elite pitcher. And we're going to see him in the third game of the White Sox season, which means that will be the Saturday game against the Houston Astros. And we will describe to you what the games are going to look like on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in a segment we like to call White Sox Weekly. And Vin, I put that on a T. I put that on a T, and you just freaking knocked it out of the park, man. Nice job. And you're muted. <laughs> That's what happens when I keep the private chat open instead of the comments. I actually read and do my job. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good, buddy. It's all good. Um, but here it is, White Sox Weekly, of course. It's exactly what it sounds like, and it's pretty straightforward this year or this week, but we also are going to include the picks to click towards the end. But opening day is almost upon us, gentlemen. Thursday, um, I'm actually pulling up the the probable pitchers right now, but uh, we do know that the opening day starter is Dylan Cease to the shock of absolutely no one. <laughs> um, just, I mean, for – Giolito's sake, I am slightly bummed because it breaks his streak. He was the opening day starter for them three consecutive seasons in a row. He's still there and now not the opening day guy, which I don't know. Maybe that takes some pressure off of him, uh, you know, gives him a clear head. But uh, y'all, just personally, I, I would have liked to see him continue the streak. And people do confuse opening day starter for best pitcher sometimes. Like the Red yeah. Sox are starting Corey Kluber. He's not their best pitcher. He's probably their fourth best pitcher. But sometimes you just give the nod to, like, the savvy veteran, like, hey, man, have an opening day start. It's well, almost like a respect thing sometimes, too. Framber Valdez, perfect example. He's not the Astros' best pitcher by a long shot, but he's your opening day starter. Why? Because he's got a good matchup against the Sox. Yeah. It's interesting because they're saying that they don't have their full rotation yet for – for Houston, but uh, are they just playing coy Vinny or do you think they're just really don't have it figured out yet? No, I actually believe it is announced here. I can, I can find it really quick if you want to describe the first game. Sure. So Dylan's, he's getting the start against Valdez. Our first time we didn't have to wait very long. Uh, the White Sox playing a game against Jose Abreu. Um, you know, there's going to be some poetic justice from him at some point, you know, he's going to hit a three run shot off a of seats or something ridiculous like that. I hope I'm wrong, but 
Uh, it's got everything written to be a, a big headline in the first weekend, the first MLB action. Uh, I think Jose Abreu's name is going to be around a lot, and he's in a really potent lineup. This is going to be a big, big series to get things started at the top of the year. So I think Dylan's going to have his hands full. Uh, this is going to be an interesting series. If we can take two or three out of four here, I'd be happy with that. I uh, just don't know what to expect because we don't really know what to expect with this full team. Um, but I'm not trying to like shit on our chances. I'm just saying that it's going to be a very, very interesting series against a really tough team. So Valdez is going to get the game start for opening day, obviously. We knew that. Uh, Christian Javier is expected to start the second game against Lance Lynn. And as of right now, Urquidy is projected to be the number three guy. I don't know if um, Lance McCullers is injured. That would be news to me. But he must be injured because they got Luis Garcia for the next one, uh, the fourth game. And obviously the White Sox won't see their fifth starter. They got a couple options. Brown, if he's healthy. Blanco, if he's not. This is coming from Eric Heisman, who covers the Astros for Locked On Astros. And that's what he says the rotation is projected to be as of right now. So obviously things are a little bit different in Houston when it comes to their starting rotation. But Travis calls uh, Valdez their ace. I would say when everyone's healthy, it's probably McCullers. But Valdez is getting up there. I mean, he's he's a very, very good pitcher. And the Astros just keep pumping him out. I mean, there's no Verlander anymore. Garrett Cole's been gone. Um it's basically the Valdez McCullers Urquidy show. And we've seen Urquidy be nasty. And, you know, it's one of the best organizations in the league at developing good pitching. So it yeah. really, in my opinion, doesn't matter who is going to. Sorry, I dropped my phone. Who is going to start for the Astros? Because you know they're going to give you a quality start because it's just kind of like a organizational thing that they do is pump out really good pitchers. And you have to face a lineup that although the White Sox aren't going to have to face Jose Altuve – because he injured himself during the yeah. World Baseball Classic, you know, you're still going to have to see Jose Abreu and Alex Bregman and guys like that. Kyle Tucker just hit monster home Jordan run after Alvarez, monster right? home run. Jordan Alvarez is unbelievable. Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker might be the two most underrated players in Major dude, League. That's a, that's a scary lineup, dude. And it's really just so scary. scary. Uh, the kid, Jeremy Pena who replaced yeah. Correa. The Astros are so good at developing players that they're like, you know what, Carlos Correa, one of the best shortstops in baseball. We got a guy that might be equal to you, if not better, for a 16th of the price. So have yeah. fun with the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. And real quick, Vinny, to answer your question about McCullers. Uh, he says he'll miss opening day because of a strained muscle in his pitching arm. He's been sidelined for the first four and a half months of the, the season while rehabbing his flexor strain. <laughs> and then he noticed soreness after a bullpen session. Um, he basically said he's had a bit of a setback, but he should be hopefully playing catch in a couple weeks. There you go. And the rotation will be scary once he joins the healthy. Yeah. So Lance McCullers, of course, we all know is the guy who shut down the White Sox in the playoffs and then he got hurt and then they got knocked out the next round. McCullers is a beast. I, I've, I've rode the McCullers train many times in fantasy baseball. Uh, might be a good value pickup as well this year, Vinny, but I won't say that yeah. to you because we're in no. two leagues together. 
Absolutely. And uh, yeah, he's just so nasty. And when he's on, he might be one of the most underrated players. I think that's why the Astros are so good because they have all these players that are just like underrated. Who on the Astros is overrated? Really? Like Abreu might be their most overrated player based on his contract that he got. And he's still amazing. I mean, Altuve maybe. (laughs) Yeah, but Altuve's got an MVP and two World Series rings and like all these crazy statistics. He's been he's probably been the best second baseman in the league since 2010. Like, it's it's, so tough. It's hard to compete with them. Uh, Win a game in that series. I'm I'm honestly, that's what I'm. I mean, that's so sad. Win two games. Go go two and two in Houston, and you're off to a great start this season, in my opinion. If they win on opening day, I'll be thrilled. Let's go four and zero, baby. Not a lot of success in the first couple week. Uh, I know series the of the year lately. Bad. bad in the first series of the, even twenty twenty one. You remember, might remember last year's? Opened... Yeah, well, last year's team stunk just in general. That, that series was horrible. But anyway, uh, you know we got a four game set. So of course you got Lance Lynn in game two, uh, game three. You're riding. We talked about Lucas Giolito. Uh, game four is probably Kopech, right, Vinny? No. It will be Clevenger. Clevenger will start the, the home spot? opener. Yeah, I honestly think, and this is just one of another one of my conspiracy theories. Clevenger is going to go in that road game in Houston, so he doesn't have to pitch in the home crowd on opening day and get booed. Oh, <laughs> this is a uh, valid point. That might be part of it, but it also breaks up all the right-handers in a row. You know, if you can throw Clevenger in the three-four spot in the rotation, he's the only lefty they got on the starting staff. Uh, um, I believe Clevenger's a righty. Is he really? Yeah. I thought he was a lefty. I could have sworn. No. Cleven Clevenger's a righty. Clevenger is a righty. So they're just screwed with five. You're straight. telling me that the White Sox have no left-handed starter? No, and they 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 wow. really didn't last year either. Once they cut Dallas Keuchel, who was the worst Terrible. pitcher in the league. Well, yeah, you'd rather have five righties than have Dallas Keuchel on your team last year. But I'd rather I, have... I could have sworn Clevenger was a left-hander, <laughs> so that's on me. Uh, that, that's me not doing my research as per usual. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's okay. You know what? He's got such weird mechanics. It wouldn't shock me if a lot of people assumed he was a, a lefty. He was the first person that popped in my head when I heard about the pitch clock rule. It's fair. But, yeah, I mean – you're you're definitely right though. Guys don't they, they want to protect their guys a little bit. They want to give Clevenger the opportunity to to show people what he can do as a pitcher before he goes and has to face the home crowd as the man that he is, you know? Um cuz cuz sports have a funny way of making us uh look at a person's accolades more than their personality, which you know, regardless of what happened in the offseason, he's still on the team. He's uh expected to be a contributor to this team. Um so I'll be rooting for him as a, as a white Sox player. Just got to let him pitch. And yeah, you no, know, the MLB did their thing. You know, I'm not, we're not here to break all that down. We're going to talk about the baseball side. That's and, just it. You know what? Hey, some of the best athletes that, that we've ever witnessed were just horrible human beings. And we like to forget trying. about it. It's, it's true though. It's true. I mean, Ty Cobb is like famously one of the biggest a-holes in history 
and yet everybody goes 4,000 hits. I mean, you can't argue with that, you know, and, and we do the same thing for musicians. We do the same thing for anybody uh, that's put in the spotlight. So um, it is what it is. The, the White Sox are clearly comfortable with them. So we as a fan base, uh, unfortunately, don't make the decisions. Yeah. And Ty Cobb was such an a-hole that they crack a joke about it and feel the dreams. Yeah. I mean, like, that's how you know that's how you know you're bad yeah all right but well. at any rate this upcoming series i fully expect jose abreu to have a freaking yeah I great so series i expect him to come out of this batting 700 with four home runs like i don't know i don't know if that's being uh a little hyperbolic or not but I've it just inevitably happens to all Chicago teams. It's not even just the White Sox. I mean, you know, look, look at the Cubs with Chris Bryant. I feel like every season now that he's left the, the Cubs, he just does stuff against them, even if he's not doing anything for the Rockies or uh, whoever the heck else he's played for in that time period. But well, and I digress and from I, all that. I, I want to just set this point straight that we all agree that Jose Abreu is a million times better player than Chris Bryant. I just want to put that out. Oh there. yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But over their career. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm I not think saying this... Chris Bryant's a bad player. I'm just, you know Hey, he I mean. was at one point, one of the best players in the game. And then I don't know what happened. And yeah. anyway, I had him, I had him at number three at the height of his powers. Yeah. Yeah. And for me to compliment a cub, yeah, that's just it. But yeah, that's a lot. This this series against the Astros is going to be a really good measuring stick, I think, for for the entire season, for for what we as a fan base can expect. You know, last season this would have been the kind of series that this team came out flat. They came out mm-hmm. and underperformed. They came out and were competitive in the first game, and then got blown out eight to three the second game, eleven to four the next game, and you know nobody watches the fourth game of the series because it's already down the shitter so far. <laughs> well, you know that's just that's how so much of last season went. That I feel like this is an opportunity for for Pedro Griefall to get this team right, for him to show this fan base what to expect, for him to put the guys in positions to succeed as best as he can. Um. And for us to forget about the off season and just be excited about White Sox baseball for the, the season, it's here now. It is here. And I think I think it could go the other way too with the Breu. And I think we're all expecting him to destroy us. I mean, Jose, knowing Jose, I mean, he could easily come cold into the series. And if he can't get his if he can't get right, I mean, he might hit, you know, 175 for the series. Yeah. I mean I mean, he is 40 years old, so you gotta yeah. keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> how old well, is he i mean i know that he probably doesn't actually know really? but yeah <laughs> um i believe jose is 35 oh that old i'm pulling it up right now i know as a rookie he was like 28 years old so how many years has he been in the league yeah he, he was definitely an older rookie i i was surprised he was eligible to be rookie of the year he's 36 yeah. years old yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's um. I mean, he's a first baseman, though. You know, his job is uh. I I don't want to say it's easy, but I mean, relative to some of the other positions on the field, it's more manageable long term. So. Yeah, but uh, part of the White Sox weekly segment, guys, is 
usually we'll do the pick to click the players we want to talk about the week who we think is going to have a good week uh we figured we'd let the players get themselves a little little baseball under their feet for four days before we do that so then next week we will start our pick to click contest but for this week we're going to focus on season predictions so we'll write these down we'll keep track of them we'll see what happens but uh, we should run a Twitter poll to see who wins too. So that way, like that, that way, that way, uh, you don't have people campaigning for their player who, you know, if it was pretty even. And then, you know what I'm saying? I I love it, Zim. Uh, Zim. You know, <laughs> I love it, Vinny. I wasn't even uh, listening. Don't give me credit for that. He's like, he's like, I have no idea what Vinny just said. But it's like a compliment that. to me to be even in the same screen as him. So calling uh, me him just really flatters me. There it is. You guys look so much alike too. It's crazy. Uh, um, that I don't know. <laughs> but no, I think I'm I think running a poll. Uh, stop. I'm way pastier. <laughs> we're the we're the prettiest show on on YouTube. I think that's everyone has their pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, running a poll every week I think is great because that means that I don't have to pick and no one's going to brawl me on it. So, but I mean that probably wasn't going to happen this year anyway. But this is this is true. But nonetheless, picks to click in this season. Uh, we're going to start with wins, and then I figured we could throw another fun one out there. We're going to do wins and losses, or we can just do records. And then I think we picked Dylan C's strikeouts for the second. Ooh, I like that. Easy. And then maybe for a third, to round out a third, let's all pick a White Sox that we think will be nominated for an award. All right, I like that. No Dylan C's allowed. All right, no Dylan C's allowed. Come on, I, you know he's going to be in the in the Cy Young race as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Do we do we know that? I hope we do. Yeah. Joe. I, I mean I'm just shit on myself, sorry. Um <laughs> you got all that wood behind you. Go knock on it or something. I still haven't forgot the what's it called? The Josh Naylor game. The Josh yeah. Naylor game. I'll just actually have the I have that clip clip. I, I feel like every opportunity we bring it up, I should just run it. Um if I could did I delete it? I fucking deleted it. Damn it. Oh, I just said the F word on the show. I never say the F word on the show. We are no longer a family show. We all have a pass to say it now. Joe Mandel's word himself. Because wow. I, I I restrain myself. The Barroom Network is typically a say whatever the H you want as long as it doesn't get you canceled network. And I hold back well, on this show. For, for today's show, anyway, we can throw it off the rails and just say fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, though. Advised. Next next week's show is probably going to go off the rails too because we could use this as a quick opportunity before we do our pick to click to promote our guest next week. It's all about tits and chaos, Vinny. Uh, we have Celeste Spaghetti joining us on the show next week. For those of you who don't know who that is, you're living under a rock. Uh, she is plowing her way through. That's probably the wrong word to use. She, she, <laughs> she is just... Rolling through the 108 tournament. Uh, she has been canned. She has been canned. Oh, did she lose? She lost to another friend of the program, Herb Lawrence. 
I did not know that. We yeah, did, I missed that. Wow, I'm an idiot. Yeah, she's, she she's steamrolled her zone. way through the first couple of rounds. Though, correct, correct. As she as quite the upset as well. She yes. destroyed me. She absolutely dummied me. So I thought she'd beat her because when I looked at it, she was up by like twelve percent, and I never went back. So I thought nope. she won. She went down to Herbie, which wow. credit to Herb. Herb put, oh, has Herb made some outstanding content as well. Herb is a great follow, yes. Yeah, two-time Barroom Network guest, one time on Crosstown, one time on here. Um, just a great dude. We'll get him on again. I'll reach out to Herb. I was about to soon. say, I'll I, I have Vinny reach out and get Herb on the show yeah, again. But, we'll get Herb. Uh, but nonetheless, Celeste Spaghetti will be on next week. Uh, fantastic follow and always just absolute madness. Uh, exciting stuff. So that'll be a fun show next week, but Let's dive headfirst into our season predictions. We're going to start first with win total. Steven Zim Zimmerman, you get to make the first choice here. So what do you got? Yeah. So I know Pakota had him pretty low. I think they had him at about 78 wins or something like that. Um, the current over-under on the sports books is at 83 and a half. Um, Sox fans are very confident that the over, you can just hammer that all day. Um, I don't know about that. I really don't. 83 and a half feels right to me. It feels like that's where this team deserves to be at least, you know, whether that's a realistic expectation or not, it's what they earned with their yeah. performance last season, their moves in the off season, um, and the way they performed in spring training, you know, now granted, and we didn't talk much about this, uh, earlier, but every White Sox player who participated in the World Baseball Classic had an outstanding tournament. They all played their butts off. They all looked like they were in mid-season formed, and they looked like it re-energized them to a certain extent. So I think that's going to go a long way for this team. I think that having that sense of competition at this time of year, rather than just going through the motions of spring training, is really going to fire these guys up a little bit. You know, especially... Uh, you know, Tim Anderson and Lance Lynn, who lost that championship game. Um, you know, I mean, the, the guys on the Cuba team, too, they battled back hard. Um, and the guys on the Dominican team were very, very close as well uh, at, a, at a certain point. I know ultimately it kind of got swept away from them, but they got close. They, they, were, they were feeling it. They were breathing it for a little while, you know, and that goes a long way for this team. Um, and the mentality, the ego that you kind of need, you know, you, you don't get to be a 95 win team if you don't think you're better than everybody else. So I yeah. do feel like it kind of fuels that a little bit. And I think it pushes them probably, I think realistically, we're looking at right around 87 wins for this team this year. That's just me personally. I'm Good not number. feeling as optimistic as I was last year when I'm pretty sure I put them at like 95 wins, like, I was like, no problem all day. They got 95. I think 87 is a good number for him. It's, it's over 500, but not like amazing. I think it'll be good enough to get a wild card spot and they'll have to fight from there. Now who in the division is better than them? I don't know. I really don't know. Cleveland's going to make them work for sure. Guardians. Sorry. Cleveland's going to make them work for sure. And Detroit always gives them a tough time. Kansas city. They're back to being at the bottom of the division. Um, there's one other team in the division, isn't there? I don't remember. 
The twins. The twins. twins. I the always tigers. forget about the twins. I said the tigers already. Oh yeah, tigers you did. Tigers. I always forget about the twins for some reason. They're just they're such a forgettable team. You know, um, I don't know. I don't think the twins are any better than the Sox either, though. So I mean, eighty-seven wins is a conservative guess, I would say, only because, uh, like I said, look at the rest of the division. It, it it doesn't strike fear into anybody. I mean, even with the Guardians being the, probably the best team in the division, you put the Sox next to them blow for blow, they can probably hang right there as long as they think they can. That was yeah. the problem last year. I don't think they thought they could last year. I think they got down on themselves early, and it was all a mental game from that point on. So, I like it. 87 is a number for Zim. Vinny, what is your number, sir? So I – was in the same boat as Zim. I was a little stunned when he gave his prediction because I have the exact same number. I wrote down Are 87. Gonna... I wrote down 87 and 75. And that's the record. I think the White Sox will be around this season. Do I think they could, you know, get an extra couple wins and get to 90? Yeah. Do I think they could lose a couple extra and be around 80, 81, 82? Yeah, I absolutely could. Um, You know, it'll be some early season swings or late season swings. It'll likely depend on the health of a majority of the players. Um, I do think they're better than Minnesota. I do think they're better than uh, Detroit and Kansas City. And then it comes down to Cleveland. Can 87 wins win the division? It's possible. Um, I don't think Josh Naylor or Andres Jimenez put up the exact same year they did last year. Um, Shane Bieber's velocity is down, but they have uh, Tristan McKenzie, who's on the rise. Um, Cleveland is a pitching factory. They pump up guys and then let them go before it's too late. They did it with Bauer. They did it with Clevenger. You know, they, they do it with all sorts of pitchers. And they keep bringing in new ones. It's literally, in my opinion, the best organization in the league in terms of developing pitching. Um, Them and the Dodgers were the only two teams in the league that made the playoffs and were top five in farm systems. Um, And if Cleveland had L.A.'s money, they'd be one of the best teams in the league every single year because they're smart, but they're not rich. The Dodgers are smart and rich. Um, the White Sox are dumb and poor, so that's why they have the success that they have or lack thereof. But I do think if there was a year to kind of clip Cleveland, it could be this year, just because I do see a couple of their offensive players tapering off a little bit. They will have the target on their back this year. Uh, The best player in the division plays for Cleveland, though, and that's always very difficult to overcome because he is a threat in their lineup every single at-bat that he takes, every single plate appearance. He is in danger of hitting it to Pluto, obviously talking about Jose Ramirez. And I I think he likes destroying the White Sox just a little bit more, and that's always dangerous too. You know, there are some guys who are like, that's the team that's standing in our way. We got to take care of our business here. So Cleveland, White Sox, it'll be a neck-and-neck race all year long. But I have the White Sox at 87 wins. I like it. I like it. These guys are on the same page. I'm not far off, you guys. But uh, what I've seen in spring and what I've gotten out of Pedro, uh, I think it's good enough for two more. I'm going to go 89 wins on the year for my number. 
I like it. So we agree. This team should at minimum be above 500. They have well, the potential. That's well, I mean, I'm just, I'm setting our bar for how angry we're going to be at the all-star break. Right. Like I <laughs> want it to be justified. <laughs> You know, last I year, re- our expectations were so high that, like, I felt like my lackluster attitude about this team for the better part of the season was very well justified. This season, I feel like with lower expectations, I'm not allowed to act so much that way. So, again, I'm just trying to temper my own expectations so that my uh, reactions are more realistic and more reasonable. I will cancel the season so fast. If they get out of the gate and are very mediocre, I, I will just – I won't stop watching or, you know, stop covering them or anything. Like, you know, it won't be anything like that. I will just – I will let it affect my mental health so much less. When I cancel the season, or as they say on Twitter, cancel the season, if uh-huh. I con- if I cancel the season, I – I will not be mad at losses. I will not be thrilled with wins. I will just watch and enjoy baseball. When you expect them to win, you get annoyed when they lose. You get elated when they win. When you go in expecting them to tank and maybe you want that higher draft pick, you almost get a little annoyed when they win. Like every win for the Chicago Blackhawks right now is detrimental to their franchise because Connor Bedard is going to be the top 10 player in the NHL next season. And, you know, you, you have to get that guy. Yeah. The White Sox are not going to be that bad and they're not going to be that good, or I don't think, but I think they'll be good enough to maybe make the postseason. You make the postseason, you never know what happens. There is one little gleaming bit of hope. The San Diego Padres were the White Sox in 2021. They were a team that came in with World Series expectations and they were just mediocre. And you can argue they were worse because they had guys fighting in their own dugout, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis, with a public dispute with one another in the dugout, screaming at each other, coaches getting involved. And they missed the postseason and were the most disappointing team in the league in 2021. And you had White Sox fans laughing. Ah, you thought we needed Fernando Tatis. Ah, you thought we needed Manny Machado. What did they do last year? They buckled down in the regular season. They didn't make many crazy additions during the offseason. And, yeah, you could say they traded for Juan Soto, but they didn't have Fernando Tatis Jr. So, like, you know, I know Juan Soto is probably slightly better than Fernando T- – not slightly, in my opinion, he's way better than Fernando Tatis Jr. But, um, you know, that's a great team that underperformed. Maybe we'll find out the White Sox were a great team that underperformed. I will have no problem admitting that that was the case early in the season. It won't take me very long to realize that that was true. It also won't take me realize, long to realize what they actually are if they stink. So we could end it on that. <laughs> nice. I like it. So to recap for the win total, Vinny, 87, Zim, 87, Joe, 89. But moving on to our next option here, we're going to talk about Dylan C's total number of strikeouts in 2023. Um, just for reference, guys, last season, his Cy Young – award uh nominee season 227 strikeouts last year that's crazy it's a yeah. good number wow i think it's safe to say this season he'll get like at least 30 35 strikeouts yeah he might do that yeah. on in april 
he might do that. Uh, hey man, Thursday. I said at least. All right, anything more than that, and I'm dead on. That's true. He will <laughs> have had at least thirty. Just in case anyone listening thinks I'm an idiot, I was just joking, saying that he might get that on Thursday. I know it's impossible. So, just the record. It's not, not impossible. Go to extra. Yeah. It's very unlikely. That's it's very out. unlikely. It's about. It would, it would be a record, it's, actually. It's ten runs shy, or it's ten strikeouts shy of the record. <laughs> and wow. nobody can get an out in any yeah. other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. At any rate, if I have to pick a realistic total, I'm going with like 210. I think 210, like you know, it, it shows some fall off. It shows some adjustments from the rest of the league because you know what's going to happen. Um, but it still maintains his dominance. You know, it still keeps him on that Cy Young track. Um, do we really think he's going to be better than he was last year? I mean, because that's ultimately what this question is right is he going to be better worse about the same and i'm saying slightly worse but not because of anything he's doing because the rest of the league is going to be on notice a little more they're probably going to be a little more patient with him they're probably going to um try to work him a little more you know and they're going to have deeper scouting on him now uh every season that he's in the big leagues you know is just more and more film for guys to watch um on top of it, he's going to have different uh, batteries this year. You know, um, Grandal's not going to make it a whole season. That That's just a fact. He is an older catcher. He hasn't made it through the last two seasons. He's not going to make it all the way through this one. He doesn't have the same guys behind the plate that he did last year. Um, he's going to have Sebi Zavala back there, who I know caught for him here and there. Um, but then... My God, I forgot their third catcher. Reese um, McGuire from last year? Yeah, Reese McGuire was there last, last year. year. He's not there this year, though. No, no. You know? He actually had a, the guy had a good spring. Um, yeah, and that's why I say I know he had a good spring, but he's probably going to start the year at AAA still. Um, because Zavala had a good spring, too. Zavala had a very good spring. You know, Offensively. Zavala, I mean, for, for who Sebi Zavala is, <laughs> he yeah. had a very good. Uh, he had a very good spring. Um, catchers, it's just listing Yasmani Grandal and Sebi Zabala on the website right now. So, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I can't recall the guy's name. But regardless, it is a different third catcher than who they had last year. So that's going to require some adjustment from the whole pitching staff. Um, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Adam Hackenberg. Hackenberg. I still don't think that's the guy I was thinking of, but. He Regardless, had, he had four at bats. I the, the the main point I'm trying to make is you know I've <laughs> beat it to death already. Different guys behind the plate equals new things for the pitcher to get used to. Sooner or later, he'll settle in with a guy he likes. Um, but injuries always happen. Uh, days off always happen. Um, they usually do load management with catchers to make sure that they catch the guys that like to throw to them. Um, but with this team, that's just not going to happen. Not, not when your primary catching option is 35 plus years old. Your knees yeah. just don't. Dude, I'm only 30 and my knees can't handle it. I can only imagine what another five years on these guys does. I hear yeah. you. Well, I like the production 210. I think it's, I think it's a good call there. Uh, Vinny, what do you think? 
Um, I think Dylan Cease probably has a lot of strikeouts, even if his season doesn't go quite as good as it did last year. I agree. Because um, you could get lots of strikeouts and still give up like a couple more runs than you're normally used to. Um, I'm going to go 235. I think Dylan Cease has a monster strikeout. Oh, you think he has more strikeouts than last year? Yeah, yeah. Like he, He's not – his stuff's not going to get worse. Run prevention could get would be the decline for in, in my opinion. He hasn't cut down on walks. That's an issue in terms of run prevention, but the stuff is only getting nastier. And that's why I think I agree with the regression part slightly. And I'm, by regression, that probably sounds so negative. He still could have an under three ERA and have a regression kind of like I do think for that's sure. gonna happen. I do think if he has a 3.1 ERA this season, he'll it'll be a great season. You know, if he has 15 wins, a 3.1 ERA, a 1.1 whip, and 235 strikeouts to be amongst the league leaders, I absolutely think that's possible. And the the nastier the slider gets, the fastball command may be getting a little bit better. And then if he starts really working in that knuckle curve of his, I mean, the sky's the limit for him in terms of making hitters look foolish. So we'll see. I love it, buddy. I love it. The 235 for Vinny. Uh, I also think he's going to have more than last year, but just by a smidge. I'm going to go with 230 as my number. Um, like I said, I think he's just going to continue to dominate, especially in a relatively weak division outside of Cleveland. Well, Jose Ramirez anyway. But maybe this year they won't pitch to him as much because of Pedro. But we'll see what happens there. But I like 230 as my number. And uh, so recap, last year, Dylan Cease had 227 strikeouts. This year, Vizim predicts 210 strikeouts. Vinny goes 235, and I'm going with a solid 230. We will keep track of this and look at it again in October. Well, maybe it'll be later in October if this team continues to make a run, but we'll say October. Um, but let's talk about Sox award winners. This is kind of like the, the win Vinny threw in. I like it. Who do you guys think? And we said we're going to keep Dylan Cease out of this. So who's a player on the Sox that you think will win an award of some sort this season? Vinny, since you brought it up, I'll let you go first for your thoughts. Which White Sox player wins an award that uh, is not Dylan Cease? You're muted, my friend. Yeah, sorry about that. I think Ben Attendi is nominated for a gold glove in left field. Oh, okay. I just think his glove has the ability to be amongst the best in the league at that position. Um, left field is kind of where teams stick their worst outfielder a lot of the time. And Ben Attendee's actually good at playing the position. So it's not like there's much competition. So I think he has a really nice chance to be in the mix for a gold glove in left field. The White Sox made a um, good decision by bringing him in in terms of the defensive part of the game. Yeah, it's a great signing. I'm excited. He had a rough spring, but I think he'll come back around. It's okay. Yeah, he had a rough spring. Yeah, there's no doubt. It happens. But, but then again, we've seen – I think the year Jose Abreu won MVP. I think, oh, wait, mm-hmm. that was COVID year. Never mind. 
He didn't have a spring, spring. training that year. Yeah. <laughs> so we all know that means spring doesn't really mean much these days. I mean, it does, but it doesn't, um, especially for veteran players like that. But uh, Zim, what do you got for a player on the White Sox that's going to win an award of some kind this season? Um, you know that's tough, man. Lance Lynn will probably win some kind of beer drinking award, but that won't be on the field. <laughs> um, as far as guys on the field, you know, if Liam Hendricks comes back and does what we know he can do, I mean, I would imagine he could win some type of comeback player of the year award, reliever of the year award. The MLB would likely want to. The MLB would likely want to honor him in a bold way, though. If if he comes back midseason after beating cancer and then just shoves, you know, and really takes this team, you know, he turns into the Enter Sandman and just shuts it down for like three months straight after he comes back. Just oh, it's the ninth inning and the Sox are up. Well, Hendricks is coming and we're done for, you know. Mm-hmm. might as well not even send three guys up to bat like <laughs> so i really think i really think that that could happen so that's the bold one liam hendricks winning reliever of the year and just making his presence felt i love that i mean that means he's doing great with treatment and he comes back you know I, man i like the positivity there zim i like that one i like that one a lot uh we'll see what comes true or not but i like it um and my prediction, it's pretty bold. Um, some people might agree with it. Some people might not. Uh, my prediction last year was that Luis Robert would, would win MVP. Well, that didn't happen. I'm not making that prediction again. We're doubling down? No. Okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> I but, really thought you were about to, man. <laughs> no, I'm not doubling down. Uh, I am going with Oscar Colas as Rookie of the Year. That's going to be my pick heading into the season. So Wow. I think that could happen. I think it's logistically possible. I think he's got the talent to do it. Um, I think he's going to get every day at bats. He's going to be playing. He's going to turn into like a star in this league. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to amp it up just one little bit more to you guys. Not only does Oscar Colas win rookie of the year, he's on the cover of the show next season. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to bet money on that? Cause I need to put some gas in my car. Um <laughs> I mean, if I bet a dollar, I'd probably pay a million if I hit all that, those things. But... Yeah. Colas has some swag to him, though. Let's be honest. He's got he really swag. does. He's going to fit in great on this team. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of time until he's wearing the chains in the outfield, too, you know? I'm sure I'm sure Phil Selig, Selig from uh, Cuba Dugout likes my prediction a lot. <laughs> yeah. He... He loves Oscar Colas. That was a great interview, by the way, Vinny, the other day. If you guys didn't see it, head back. uh, Was it last week or the week before? It was the week before, yeah. Two weeks ago, uh, Crosstown Crosstalk with Cuba Dugouts, Phil Selig. I met him through through you guys, and I've had him on my show like once every two or three months or so now, and he's just – he loves baseball. It's honestly – remarkable how much he loves the Cuban players and that creates great White Sox conversation because of the presence on this team from Cuba baseball so he it, you know, I think he's he was there he went to Havana to greet team Cuba when they came home he yeah. he goes there a lot yeah um no fun fact about Phil actually he uh he has taken some photos that have 
become baseball cards. So, yeah, that's uh, cool. His Norhe Vera photo is on his Topps Bowman uh, prospect card, which is super How cool. cool. Is that got to be? That's got to be sweet. Yeah. But that's some pretty interesting predictions from everybody. So, just to recap for wins, Zim and Vinny both think the team is going to win 87 games. I went 89. All above 500, I might add. That's, so that's that's a bold prediction in itself. Still in C strikeouts for the season. Zim went with 210. Vinny went with 235. And I went with 230. Oscar, My bold pick is that Oscar Colas wins the Rookie of the Year and is the cover athlete for MLB The Show next season. If I hit one of those two, I'll be happy. But if I hit two out of two, then I should be uh, compensated by someone. Uh, Vinny says Ben Attendee is going to win a left, a gold glove for his work in left field. And Zim says Liam Hendricks will come back and pitch and not only be that, but be with reliever of the year and a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the positivity in our group decisions and uh, decisions, our group guessing is very, very, very exciting, and I, it makes me excited for baseball season on Thursday. So it's bull take, guys, but I like it. Uh, PZ says, wow, Joe. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm feeling my oats today. Uh, you know, you, you think I had a couple Red Bulls, but all I had is a cup of coffee sitting over here. So, But we're moving along through the show, guys, and the Sox play a guaranteed rate. But we have a segment that's a playoff of that. Uh, Vinny, I'm forgetting what it's called. I, I think you probably know what it's called. You forget what it's called a lot. So I'm here to remind you <laughs> that it's called the Guaranteed Take. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yay, indeed. That song makes yeah. me want to hit a rave and do like some, you know, never mind. Hello? Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no, I, I was going to crack some kind of dumb joke like that, but I'm honestly the least cool person of all time that would never even do anything slightly like that. So, like, yeah, I can't even I, make the joke. I, I know, I can't. I, but I knew I knew what I filled in the blanks. So it's that song good. does make me want to, though. That's the thing. It makes me want to be cool. Oh, you know what? We totally skipped. <laughs> did we pick? Did we pick an Adam Dutt of the spring? It's Larry Garcia. Oh, right. We said that already. Yeah. I was like, Travis is asking. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I could have sworn we went over it. I mean, if yeah. we didn't, like, it's it's Larry Garcia. It's Louis Garcia, spoiler alert, but um, yeah, it's Louis Garcia. It's such a creative anyway. name for a segment too, but it just makes me think of Adam Dunn and then I get angry. I guess I'm supposed to get angry when I talk about that segment. So yeah, Ugh, that's, that, that was that's part of the, that's part of the fun. So I like it. But uh, the pick, the guaranteed take of the week was posed to us by Vinny and uh, it's a good one. Should we trade Gavin Sheets to Philly to replace Reese Hoskins? Yeah. I mean, so I was just doing my work 
trying to come up with content um, revolving around the White Sox. And it kind of hit me like if there was a team to trade with Philly for a first baseman, could the White Sox be one of those teams? Everybody talks about their surplus of first baseman DH types. And the White Sox have a couple of those. Obviously, Jake Berger, friend of the program. Um, Andrew Vaughn's probably not going anywhere. He was a third overall pick, potential to be a top hitter on the team type. Um, I don't think he necessarily fits in that Berger sheets category. I think Andrew Vaughn's ceiling is significantly higher. Um, Jose Abreu's gone. Jimenez will never play first base, but he will be a DH. Um, And I think he could be one of the best DHs in the league, not named Jordan Alvarez. And that kind of leaves Gavin Sheets. And Gavin Sheets, power lefty bat. Philly has Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, who could both play left field and DH. They could both play right field and DH. Um, I'm probably not sticking either of them in center, but they have Trey Turner at shortstop. They're probably going to use Josh Harrison at second base. I think he'll be a lot better of a fit there if not if they don't have anybody else. Um, their starting rotation is very good. Um, we saw them make a run to the World Series last year. They have one of the best catchers in the league in JT Real Muto, one of my favorite players in the league to watch. Um, I think they'd be kind of foolish not to try and make a real replacement for Reese Hoskins. And he's a Reese Hoskins is a great player. He's not like a super duper star. So it's not like, it's not like Bryce. I didn't even mention Bryce Harper, who's the best player on their team. And, you know, he's Reese Hoskins isn't Bryce Harper or anything like that, but he's a very good player. And they're going to want to replace some of that power. I think Gavin Sheets can hit you 20 home runs a season and play good enough first base. Um, he's not a long-term replacement by any means, but I think Philly would be smart to consider an option for him. And I would do it if it was presented to me, if I'm Rick Hahn and you could get one of their mid-tier prospects. Six of their top 12 prospects are outfielders. And so if the wow. White Sox wanted to trade for a solid outfielder that they want to develop over the years, there's a kid, uh, it was the first one I had him trade for. Sometimes it's hard to remember the names of these guys. Um, I'm trying to think what his name was. The guy I had, I'm looking for it right now. If you give me just one second, um, the guy I think the White Sox could trade for from Philly. Of course, my phone decides to take a poo-poo while I'm looking for it. That happened to Zim earlier, too. I don't think we were on air yet, though. Um, Yeah, Gavin Sheets to the Phillies. Got it loading up right here. The first guy to potentially trade for... Oh my God! This is Ryan the most Howard. I've... Ryan Howard, yeah, definitely Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Look, Ryan I mean, Howard would be sweet. You're probably not getting an amazing return for Gavin Sheets, though. Is the is the big thing? I mean, what are you going to do? Trade him for Craig Kimbrell again? No, no. Okay, so this guy jo- Jordan Viers, he's their number twelve prospect, and okay. he's an outfielder, and he kind of reminds me of what Gavin Sheets was like three or four years ago. Um, big left-handed bat outfielder instead of first baseman. That's the difference between the two big, uh, stature though, you know, six foot four, 200 something pound, just a big dude. Lots of power powers is like number one asset. It's basically trading for a younger Gavin sheets. So he could play outfield for you later on. You never know what happens with Ben or Colas or Robert. It's good to have, you know, extra prospects. I, I, I would make a deal like that personally. Yeah, and you know, 
people forget, and this is something Philly's probably looking at. Gavin was fantastic in the playoffs against the Astros. He was the only guy on the team that was hitting. Not only did he hit, he hit dingers. And he's proven that he can do it in the postseason. And this is a team, you know, Philly's a team that's looking at postseason aspirations. They're looking at World Series aspirations, you know, with the squad that they have. So uh, if you can get something for Gavin Sheets, uh, I think you do that because, I mean, what are you going to leave him in the minors all year long? Unless somebody gets drastically injured in the first week of the season. Um, and, and I want to point out Gavin Sheets, of course, is a friend of the program and friend of the network. And, you know, we love having him on the White Sox. But uh, if the Sox can get something and then, then he can get more playing time in Philly too, I mean, it's a win-win for both parties. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea, but realistically the return I don't think would be – significant enough that's fair you know and, and and that's what makes it so tough because you're right what are you going to do with kevin sheets right you, you're going to let him rot in the minors and waste a guy's career who's clearly you know uh one of vinny's terms you know for a player you know um but but your return for him I mean, especially looking at the Sox needs, they're going to want something that they can use right away. A guy that can come in and be on this 25, 26 man roster. So what are they going to end up pulling back then? A left-handed pitcher? I mean, what left-handed pitcher is Philadelphia going to let go that's actually worth putting on your roster? You know? Um, That's where I feel like the issue with the whole idea of of a trade comes into play. Um, they don't have the flexibility that they did in years past because they let uh, Abreu leave. You know, last year they had this log jam, so it was okay to talk about trading sheets, trading Vaughn, trading who else, you know. Um, this season, they don't have that same flexibility. So if somebody goes down, wouldn't you want sheets right there to pick them up? But again, that's true then you're just waffling. You're just messing with the guy, you know, putting him back and forth between triple a and the majors all season long. And, you know, maybe I'm looking at it more from a player's perspective than from a business perspective of winning games, but well, he, he could proved himself last year too. I mean, he did. That's I mean, he proved, he's proven himself and he's done a lot for this organization. He's been the guy that stepped in multiple places that he had to, and you know, did, got the job done so there's a lot to be said about that and i think organizations would love to have that too not just the white Sox. and his contract is still very controllable you know last year was technically his rookie season so you know from an organizational standpoint that means you still got five years of control on this guy um and that's really big really big so trading somebody who you have five years of cheap control on especially when you could use him as a 26, 27th guy on your roster. That's really yeah. valuable. And he got married in the offseason, so congratulations to Gavin Sheets on that as well. Good so, for him. Uh, just like Zim's about to get married in the start of the baseball season. Yeah. Woo! Zim giving us the, 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 just a subtle nod. He's like, can we get, talk about baseball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball. <laughs> Lots of stuff to look forward to this year, Zim. It's an exciting year for you, man. We're excited for you. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a fun season for a lot of reasons, you know, both on and off the field. You know, I started my softball league myself this last weekend uh and it's just it's great to get out there and be active again you know it's it's finally that time of year baseball season's starting which means summer's right around the corner we all get to start spending some time outside you know joe you're up in the great white north now so i'm, I'm sure you're just itching for some nice weather so i'm not that far north but yes i i am I, i'm enjoying the 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 sun when it peaks out i got a little taste when i went to vegas this weekend so yeah uh and then it was cold there too. So, <laughs> how was it really cold while you were there? Yeah, it was like freaking fifty-two degrees, and That's then at annoying. night it was like at night it was like thirty-nine. Joey Parisi's there right now. He just landed. He left this morning. His flight was a little delayed. I don't know why, um, but he went. He's at the pizza convention with work. There, he works for a bakery, and they're presenting like um you know different bakery options and it's at the pizza convention like the famous one in vegas that like dave portnoy goes to and all the big pizza gurus in the world that they all go there to this thing and you know it's like a big event it's funny you mentioned that because we were at the we were staying at the cosmopolitan and when we were getting in the cab to go to the airport the bell hat the the whatever the 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 bell bell cap or whatever the guy is that gets the cab he was telling the cab driver he's like we have 20 2700 check-ins tomorrow morning wow that's crazy so like, i mean yeah that's going man, on I, do you know where joey's staying i don't know exactly where joey's staying i just know he's going to come back 20 pounds heavier <laughs> you tell sounds him. like a good vacation man <laughs> it really does inside gonna... the cosmopolitan there is on the i believe it's the third it's the third a third level of cosmopolitan there's a place called Secret Pizza. It's not on any maps. It's just a little hallway that leads to like a pizzeria in the back. They don't advertise it or anything. My wife and I went there the night we landed. And I know this is a huge segue for whatever reason, but uh, we went. There's been all the hype for years. I finally got it. We got a pizza. A whole, we got a whole pie, you know, and just kind of let it hang out in the room for a couple of days whenever we wanted a piece in the fridge. But um Man, freaking amazing pizza. Just three dudes back there, and they have all different kinds of pizzas with different slices, or you can get a whole pie. Three guys just freaking just slaying it back there, kicking ass. Um, highly recommend. Highly. I love that. He's also going to the game tomorrow between the, Golden the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. So he gets to see Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl do their thing against the Vegas Golden Knights. No, it's a, it's a work. He's there with people from work. It's it's strictly business other than the the Golden Knights. I, I'm sure he's going to you know have a little it's fun with strictly the, business. That's at bullshit, night. Man. Yeah, that, that, that mostly is BS, but he is there for work, but they're there for no, no, I get it. I get fun it. Is, fun as well. It's the pizza convention during the day and golden nights gambling drinking at night i'm sure <laughs> i was gonna say i i don't know how i, I miss joey parisi by a day and a oh half. i told him i told him you were probably gonna pass him in the air <laughs> dude i just got back and i can't wait to go back i've never been with all this talk about pizza food vegas this pizza convention sounds amazing it's a great segue Vin. but closer Guys, to home Closer to home, tell me about some food at the Sox Park this year. I'm not going to get to go again this year. I'm living vicariously through you guys. I want to know what's at the park. Are rainbow cones still there? 
Uh, do they have anything new this season? They do. The short answer to Rainbow Cones is yes. They're still there. Good. I need them um, the to stay at least one more season because I'm probably not going to make it out until next year at the soonest. The White Sox have offered some new food options, and we want to thank our friends at the White Sox Pride blog um, where you can find all your great White Sox information, so check that out. But look at this. They have the Belgian banger available in the Blue Moon Balcony, which I believe, Vinny, the Blue Moon Balcony is different than the Vizzy View Bar. They haven't really specified where these things are yet. Is Blue Moon Balcony the same thing as like the Goose Island? I don't know. Do I you honestly, know? I have no idea. Well, yeah, I guess we need to we'll wait see. for the, the. Well, we'll pull up a map uh, and find out. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the seating chart and another thing. But anyway, where the Blue Moon Balcony, wherever that is, you can get this half pound spicy Polish sausage. Do you think it's possible that it replaced the Vizzy deck with that replace? No, it did not because I was just looking here and uh, it said something about the Vizzy view bar still being there. Okay, the the Uh, Blue Moon deck. Maybe that is. Vinny, you're going to some games next week, right? You'll have to report back to us. Yeah, I'm going to go to opening day. I'm probably going to sit in section 108. Um, That's on Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. So you'll be coming straight from the park to the podcast and tell us all about it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the plan. I'm trying to pull up the White Sox seating chart to see where it is. But um, anyway, nonetheless, where I can't we'll... decide if that Belgian banger looks amazing or disgusting. Um, it'll be a combination of both, I'm sure. But the the caramelized onions gets me, but then the red cabbage kind of loses me a little bit. But right, I do like red right. cabbage. But then you get bacon, which makes up for it. Blue moon you know, all the flavors they're describing. The flavors they're describing sound great together, but like visually, yeah. it's so off putting. It sounds like a good way to hang out in the toilet for an hour. But anyway, it sounds delicious. Zim, I agree um, with you on that. It sounds delicious, but visually it looks like something I wouldn't go near with a 40 foot ball. Yeah. It's it's you know it's like half the pizza joints in Chicago. Just don't look at what you're eating and it's fine. Yeah. See and here is a whole nother thing. This is the champagne of dogs, which is a giant dog on a tiny bun, which is a very baffling decision to me. Because everything else about this I love, except for the tiny yeah. bun. So it's a that half pound like, Vienna uh, sausage it's on a brioche tiny-ass bun, which I wish was double the size. And, but then you get uh, a Vidalia onion. For anyone who doesn't know, a Vidalia onion is the best, like sweet, delicious onion you can get. A Vidalia relish with a habanero mustard. And this can be found in the Miller High Life Sky Lounge, which I still don't know where that is. That's the Goose Island. Okay. That's the Goose Island. So, yeah, that just hit me in my head. That is for sure the Goose Island in right field. Right, because it was directly to the right. Yeah. You know, I got to say, and I know this happened last year, but it really does bum me out to see like a local brewery like Goose Island getting pushed out by a big boy like Miller. Well, Wait until we get to the end of this list, Sim. You'll be very happy. There's more Good. more little brewery stuff. So, Good, man. I love to hear that. I know the craft is cave the, is still there. Yes, but this for me, Vinny, is the winner. There's this new item called the Elote Corn Dog. 
It's a classic corn dog smothered in creamy queso fresco and topped with fresh jalapenos, the very American pronunciation, jalapenos for everyone else, uh, grilled corn, cilantro, and cotilla cheese, uh, which is elote on top of it. Um, this sounds excellent. Uh, whether it translates to delicious when you get it, I don't know, but it sounds like something you have to try. Yeah, it's one of those things that opening day is so hard to try the new items. Last year, I tried so hard to try, um, I think it was the pierogies that I wanted to try on opening day last year and a rainbow cone. But opening day is just so congested and so crazy that it's hard. Like, I'm going to try my damnedest to try this corn dog thing, but I, I don't know. It might take a game or two for me to get my hands on it's one. In section 140, Vinny. So what you're going to do is you're going to put a reminder on your phone and then you're going to say section 140 elote corn dog and all you're going to think about is elote corn dog i'll use hockey videos yeah i'll use hockey you're going to do a video of yourself eating it you're supposed to do it with uh um god why night i'll 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 see if he's down me and him are boys now i'll see if i can get him to help me yeah, with tell that tell brian knights you guys got to Gobble, gobble a couple uh, wieners covered in a low taste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the fucking rails. Sorry, guys. Vinny, what I would love to see from you at some point this season, I'm going to take a hard left turn. Uh, not even address that. Deep throat corn dog. What I would love to see you do this season is go to a Sox game at some point, like middle of July. You know, one of those games that's not super crowded on like a Wednesday morning or whatever. Wednesday morning. Don't watch any of the game. Just go from food vendor to food vendor and tell us, yeah, that's, you know, that's live stream the whole I'm, thing. That's not happening. <laughs> First I don't know. It's not going to happen. First but I would Vinny, love to Vinny see a live a company stream. Card to do that. I would love that's to true. see. That is very true. It would be very expensive. I would love to see a live stream of just like Vinny eats everything at guaranteed rate field. <laughs> Vinny gorges himself on live television. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe at, at one game, or once a game, I'll get something so that way I don't destroy my entire paycheck on this little adventure. Here's one, what we'll do: uh, one a game, and then by like August, I'll have a collage of stuff, and I can. We'll have a montage, yeah. You yeah. you do that, and then the the game that I end up going to, whenever I figure that out, I'll coordinate with you, and then we'll get a couple things, and we'll try them all. Absolutely, I love the idea. And then we'll gorge ourselves on TV. But yes. um, corn dog, elote corn dog sounds excellent. The Gonzo Garbanzo sandwich. Uh, it's got chickpeas, red pepper hummus, avocado, arugula, beefsteak. Um, let's just all be honest. The corn beef sandwich that they have is far superior. I know this is a vegetarian thing. It's a vegan it's probably, option. It's never going to sound appetizing to anybody who's not vegan. It's how all I will say they did a really nice job making those tomatoes look really fresh and delicious. So um, I would definitely eat that tomato. So, yeah, but the sandwich, sandwich itself is a no go for me. That sandwich looks bland, boring, and something I would want nothing to do with. It looks like it would take about 10 of them to fill me up, you know? That's what she said. God damn it. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, th this shows uh, I'm having too much fun tonight, boys. I'm, I'm enjoying myself, though. This has been a fun show. Uh, they have these new chicharrones. If you guys don't know what those are, those are like those um, 
I believe they're pork rinds. Is that right? What a chicharroni is? Yeah, oh, they look, they're, they're like similar to like, they have that same texture. This is where I saw the Visi View Bar, Vinny. So they do exist and you can get hot sauces to dip um, these in. Uh, I love chicharrones. Uh, I don't know if I would love eating them at a ball game, but because I, they're definitely a ballpark food because they make you really thirsty and spend money on beer. So Yeah, my problem is I want hot sauce on every single bite. And am I going to yeah. sit there like, come on, Yellen! And then freaking well, like, you well, let's know? be honest, Finn. The, the, the problem with these is they're not going to give you enough hot sauce. Yeah, that you're going to get the you're going to get the little nacho cup, unless yep. they're going to have a self serve thing where I can do like five different kinds and just. Yeah, we'll probably end up trying them together. Let's be honest. Uh, 100%. <laughs> these massive potato wedges you can get in the sweets. Uh, I never will see these because I will not be sitting in the sweets, but I bet you they're great. <laughs> Same thing with this new mango lata, which uh, apparently is at the stadium bar and the stadium club. It's mango sorbet with fresh mangoes, chamoy, which I don't know what that is, uh, and fiery powder. Uh, I bet you it's delicious. Amazing looking pierogies, which are also in the sweets. Pineapple cucumber skewers, also in the sweets. Rib tips in the sweets. And they are now, spoiling man, the people in the suites, man. Yes, they are. But Zim, now we get to talk to the stuff you were talking about. Absolutely. If you're, if you're a fan of the Craft Lodge, there are six new breweries making their debut in 2023. Funky Town Brewery, which is also headquartered in Chicago. Uh, Manger's Irish Cider, which is a cider that comes all the way from Tipperary, Ireland. Uh, Obscurity Brewing, which is in uh, Elburn, Illinois. Uh, they've got a really good sour beer, so that's exciting for me because I love a good sour. So that'll be refreshing on a cold day. Uh, Tour Brewing, which is headquartered in Chicago, they have good beer. Um, the Daydream Farmhouse Ale I've had many times. I really like it. Uh, Pilot Project Brewing, another Chicago brewery. Very, very experimental kind of weird beers, so that's totally up the alley for a lot of foodies. And then I'm sure most of us have heard of Voodoo Brewing. Um, they're headquartered, I didn't know this, but in Pennsylvania. Um, but they've got really good beers as well. So uh, lots of cool stuff going on at the ballpark. Uh, we're going to figure out at some point where this Blue Moon balcony is uh, and figure out maybe that's just a separate stand or something. But uh, I'm very excited, guys. Uh, for me, you know, the, the thing off this list is the corn dog. And then I would really like this hot dog if it came on a bigger bun because it's got everything I want. And I'm probably going to try this dog if I could find it. It's probably $30 though. Yeah. I mean, it's all going to be expensive, especially with prices of literally everything going up. But I mean, we're all going to pay it to try it at some point. So, I mean, there's no amount of money you could pay that would ever be too much for a foot long piece of meat in your mouth. Right, Vinny? Can't wait, especially with Brian Knights. <laughs> you and you and Brian Knights both gobbling down some sausage. Absolutely, except he was able to beat Celeste last year. I got killed this year. <laughs> she was in it last year too. Yeah, she made it pretty oh, far wow. too. He he ended up being the one who took her out. So, but Herb Herb beat one of my Southside Showdown writers, Mitchell, today. So credit to Herb. Oh. I'm rooting for Herb to win the whole thing now. Yeah, let's go for the herb, man. Just a friendly, um, yeah. just a friendly human being. That's how I would describe yeah, him. Like a he calm, definitely cool is. And He's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. And 
and quick side note for everyone that may be here now that wasn't, uh, for those of you 108 tourney followers and White Sox Twitter followers, Celeste Spaghetti will be on the show with us next week. That's going to be a lot of fun, so tune in for that. You know, it's going to be tits and chaos all show long. I mean, it's been been sausage and chaos all day on this show, so uh, <laughs> that joke didn't land. It's all right. Uh, anyway, Travis asked me, <laughs> have you ever tried Victory Sour Monkey? Uh, I, I have. have. Uh, it's good I stuff, Travis. Absolutely. Yeah, I love a good sour beer, so looking forward to having some in Sox Park. That's uh, been missing for many years, so I'm excited to see how that turns out. You know, and just real quick, I want to want to share this with you guys. Um, sorry, let me find it. I had it and I lost it. Uh, right here, uh, Joe, if you wouldn't mind pulling it up. The reason why we talk about food so much is because I want all of you Chicagoans to understand just how spoiled you are. This is from last year's opening weekend uh, at Coors Field. And, and this Banana was bacon the, shake. the debut food option. This was like the highlight of everything. Yes. I mean, it does look good. A I'm banana bacon milkshake. But 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 it was that, and then cheesesteak fries, and then a red hot chicken sandwich. That was it. Those were the banger food options they wanted to present to us last year as Colorado Rockies this, game goers. For whatever reason, Jim, this reminded me is there's a couple <laughs> options that I forgot to bring up so I can show more. But um, you Yeah, said, go ahead. You said go ahead. You can take me said- off now. I just... Again, no, no, no. I just wanted to make I, the point. I, I appreciate the context because it makes us it lets us see how spoiled we are um, as White Sox fans with great food options. But I also wanted to bring up there is a new steak chimichurri sandwich, which sounds phenomenal. Uh, if you don't know what chimichurri is, it's like I don't know what's in it honestly, but it's really good. It's like garlic and um, I think it's like I have no idea. Is it cilantro? I don't know what's in chimichurri, but it's delicious. I believe it's really similar to a pesto. It's like a pesto, but it's like doesn't taste like a pesto. It's more yeah, like yeah, yeah. a cilantro y pesto. So maybe that's what right. it is. But nonetheless, chimichurri is delicious. I'm gonna try that. And you brought up cheesesteak. Classic cheesesteak available in the ballpark now. Uh that could be a really good, really good option during the ball game. Um might be a little messy, but uh sounds delicious. That's what I wanna try first and foremost. The classic cheesesteak. I think I'm going to give that a whirl at some point. And of course the photo I have cuts off the section that it's in, but I'm sure we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I don't know. To me, like if you're in Chicago and buying a cheesesteak, it's just because you don't know where to find a good beef. Fair. PZ says course field has the worst food. Yeah. I bet minute Maid has some, has some good food. Texas food does it right. And Mr. Scorty does have a point. I think that the, the steak sandwich did look really dry. Um, I That was a food preview event, uh, the White Sox throw that um, we were invited to. We just couldn't make it. But looks like dry as hell. And they, they do mass preparations of a bunch of different pieces for the media. But I would agree with you that steak sandwich did look dry. But for me, I could put chimichurri on a flip-flop and I'd probably eat it. So just want to point that out there. I've never tried it and I can't wait. I love cilantro. I will be trying that this season as well. I'm looking up chimichurri right now, so I know it's in it. So, um, okay, yes. So it's red wine, vinegar, olive oil, and cilantro. 
That sounds delightful. So it's, it's like cilantro pesto with garlic. Yeah. And there's a little garlic in yeah, it too. That's exactly what it is. It's it's with uh, cilantro instead of basil. Yeah. I cannot wait to try it, honestly. I mispronounced it. It's Mr. Shorty. Sorry. I should know this by now. but I, I would have uh, never known that in 100 years. I'm 10 feet off the ground on the show because I'm, I'm flying so high. And I'm a little off the rails today. I know Zim and Vinny would probably acknowledge that as well. But I kind of like being off the cuff today. It feels very natural, and we're having some fun. 100%. Travis is going to share some photos on opening day. Please do. Travis, you also need to bring the Jake Berger signed cards on opening day and take a photo and send it to us so we can put it on social media because he was one of the winners – of the signed Jake Berger card. So um, congratulations, Travis, loyal viewer, listener, and all-around man of the people. And uh, he's here every week, so we appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. And Travis, I believe, if my DMs are correct, um, he is going to come on Crosstown Crosstalk live from Houston at the ballpark on Thursday. So you're going to want to tune Travis's? in Travis's? Yes. Oh, wow. And Travis said he planned on bringing the card already, so that's going to be exciting. Very good. Travis is a good Barroom Network fan. Very good Barroom Network fan. Good dude. Can't wait to have him on the show. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. We had a heck of a whole lot of fun during this show. I was looking to see if I could find the cheesesteak. This is going to drive me nuts what section it's in. Yeah, my phone was annoying me when I tried to look something up last time. Joe's uh, Joe's here. super pumped to know where this cheesesteak is. I He's want to give all about cheesesteak, man. He's going to give me the information I need know. to know. When the okay. world now, gives you a beef, you so, got to make cheesesteak. <laughs> so uh, our friends at Socks Machine have a whole blog post about this, and they reviewed everything. Mm-hmm. And they have the steak sandwich and. The chimichurri and the cheesesteak will be at the same stand, which will be located in section 125 if you're downstairs or 534 upstairs. And they reviewed it up saying it's hard to mess up a cheesesteak sandwich, but the White Sox have a good combo of flavors. And they said it could make a better eat. It could be a better eating option than a really messy Italian beef, which is a very valid point. And then the chimichurri review all right, this is big. Coming from Socks Machine, they said it's a home run, the best new food item that they tried. Impressed with how tender the ribeye steak was and the chimichurri sauce topped it out beautifully. Packs a ton wow. of flavor. So the chimichurri steak sandwich will be probably the first thing I try. That's crazy. And That's... Then Mr. Scorty, or Shorty, God, I messed it up again. Uh, he said, Prob- the problem with stadium food is as good as it looks is it's never made with care and always pushed out the door as quickly as possible. This is true everywhere except for the yeah. stadium club and the sweets. So, yes, the steak sandwich may not be good, but Vinny and I are big fans of the Cuban that they sell inside the ballpark, and that's always on point. So a lot of these workers uh, work off tips. Um, some don't, you'll know a good worker when you see him. So if you see him cooking the sandwiches and they're doing a good job, your sandwich is going to taste good. See, I think it applies to guaranteed Ray field as a whole. 
I think all their food is made with care staff, and wonderful. Staff is great for the most you part. Can't, yeah. You can't compare what you get at Soldiers to – I think Soldiers has worse food than Wrigley Field. Yes, like, it does. And Wrigley Field Soldier Field's stinks. probably the worst. So, Wrigley, yeah. Soldier Field yes. you don't go to for the food. Yeah, and Not Wrigley's, by any means. Yeah, you shouldn't even be going there for football, but that's a different story. <laughs> you um, won't be very long. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wrigley Field's food's improving. I do go to a couple of Cubs games a season. I like National League Baseball. I don't root for anyone. I root for the White Sox. I watch the bison dog is pretty good. If you're into bison dogs, I'm surprising. How, it's surprising how good it is. It's it Cubs. Yeah. I mean, but guaranteed Ray field. It's like a gourmet restaurant. A lot of the time, For those of you who don't know the Ricketts are part owners of Highland Plains bison. So that's why they sell bison dogs. There you go. Zim, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, Mr. Shorty makes a good point. Um, and that is one thing I do appreciate about Coors Field is uh, it looks like crap and tastes like crap. So there you go. But it, it, it's crap. <laughs> um, Travis says bison burgers are legit. Anything bison is good. So just I got to say, that. though, all the stadiums I've been to, you know, the rate has very good food. Yankee Stadium, I was very impressed with. Really, um, I didn't. I didn't expect to be as uh, impressed with it as I was, but their beer selection was really good. You know, I, I expected you know have a Budweiser buy, you know, especially with the New York attitude. But it was really like here, have an IPA. Yeah, why not? Uh, Help yourself. So, real quick, this blog at Sox Machine gave us a little context into this whole Miller High Life Sky Lounge thing, wherever that is. Uh, apparently it's only on the 500 level, which is for those of you who don't know, that's the upper deck. Uh, and it can only be found up there, which is a bold move. Yeah. I mean, you got to give people reasons to sit up there because you know, if well, people, if people see the lower buy bowl, it downstairs and still walk up there, but you can't do it the other way around. That's true. Which is, you, which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Well, I guess, I guess there's no one that's going to be in the 100 level that's going to go up to the 500 level and beat up a first base coach. Probably not. Yeah, absolutely. Most people don't know that story. I've sat – I will never forget how annoyed I was because I went to both playoff games in 2021, and I sat in the 500 level for both after sitting in primo seats in pretty much every game I went to during the regular season. I'm like, the, the little guy who – Spends all this money during the regular season, gets shoved up to the 500 level for the postseason. People like us should have priority. Yeah. So, real quick, there are a couple more items, and we're going to touch on them before we get out of here. Um, also, props to Sox Machine for this great blog and breakdown. Did Josh of Nelson write it? I'll tell you in a second. Yes, he did. Yeah. Friend of the program as well. Good dude. Love great, Josh. Great job, Josh. Great, great yeah, little 100%. blog. Uh, very, very good. If you haven't checked it out, head over to SoxMachine.com and read the article. It's pretty sweet. Uh, it gives you the full breakdown and sections and everything. Uh, they also have a uh, helmet. Now you can get helmet, chicken tenders, and fries in a helmet. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. You get like a pound of fries and 10 jumbo chicken tenders. Uh, it's probably like $75, but it'll fill you up. Uh, they also have hot honey chicken loaded fries, which is the same thing with hot honey on it. And what is probably the one of the strangest sounding things, a poppy bagel wrapped Polish sausage with Chai Town Pico de Gallo. So 
Replacing the pretzel wrap bratwurst is a poppy bagel wrapped Polish. Uh, I love pretzels and bratwurst, but this was lacking last year. In an attempt to learn from the mistake, Delaware North is pairing a Polish sausage in a bagel roll served with a relish similar to what was put on Comiskey Burger. So it's like tomato, um, sport pepper, and onion. Uh, I would try it. I'm not going to lie. Polish over bratwurst is probably the way to go. Yes, especially at Guaranteed Rayfield. Yep, and that's section 105. So uh, that sounds very good. And last but not least, you know how they have the mac and cheese bar, Vinny? Um, they now, you can get a chorizo and hatch chili mac and cheese, which sounds delicious, but also sounds like a risky thing to have at the ballpark. But it sounds you delicious. Get, you get that in the ninth inning. They close in the seventh. So you yeah, get it. And, you, and they run out of the mac and cheese, too. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Anything with hatch chili is delicious. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Some good food items coming to Guaranteed Rayfield this year. Yeah, yeah, very good food items. And hey, Vin, now that I think about it, maybe you can get uh, Josh Nelson to come on the show. Yeah, absolutely. He's been on Crosstown Crosstalk, so very good White Sox perspective, very interesting um, way of looking at things. So, And he's a great Twitter follow. He endorsed against me twice in the 108 tournament, so – I hate him for that. Nice, nice. But I won one of them and I lost the other. But I still like Josh Nelson, even though he voted against me both times. See, that's a real man of the people right there. Vinny Parisi for Presidente. Yes. We're always in your corner, buddy. But Appreciate um, it. No problem. We had a hell of a show tonight, boys. We, we, we talked about everything spring. We did our predictions. We previewed opening day, which is – in three days, by the way, that's insane. And we talked about a lot of ballpark food and we talked about potentially trading Gavin sheets to the Phillies. Um, exciting stuff, boys. And I, I tell you what, we can't wait for baseball. We are back every single Monday night now, guys. So you're going to have to deal with us until the end of baseball season. And uh, we're sorry, but we're also not sorry because we know we're going to have a lot of fun and we had a lot of fun tonight. I know I did. Absolutely. It was a good show. Obviously, going over things that may or may not happen with this team this year, we will we'll know a little more. I, I honestly think the first couple games are going to be pretty – I mean, you, you don't win a championship in August, but I will certainly – I will certainly have – feel like we have an idea by Monday, like how this season – I don't know if we're going to know how it's going to go completely, but – We'll we'll know if it's going to be a sh- a poop show. So you you could say shit, Vinny. I've been saying swear words all day. Yeah, but at the beginning of the show, it says this program has been approved for all audiences. And if I were to swear, that would make me a liar, and that's not what I'm about. That's right. So, kids, <laughs> kids, if you got to this point of the show. Turn it the fuck off. Have you ever seen the bench warmers? That's a line from the bench warmers. Oh, is it? If I don't go, that makes me a liar. And that's not what I'm about. <laughs> I do love that movie. It's been a while. Um, but we're usually a family-friendly program, but we weren't tonight. But that's okay. Uh, but like I said, next week, pumping up the show again, Celeste Spaghetti joining us, guys. So that's going to be fun. She said she's going to hang out for a while, so I don't know if she'll be here the whole show or what, but she's welcome to hang out as long as she wants. 
bring some spaghetti, bring some chaos. Um, she'll probably remind Vinny that she beat him. We she tried, Vinny. We were in your corner. I made a really sentimental, sweet post about you, and I meant every word. I appreciate it. Thank you for always helping me out. It's been fun. It was a good time in the tournament. Um, better luck next year, right? That's right. There's only one way to go. It's up. Well, I anyway. could get bounced in the first round, and that would be going down for sure. <laughs> I love the optimism, buddy. But uh, <laughs> Guys, it's been a great show. Uh, we've reached the tail end of the show where we're going to do our, our shout-outs, and then we're going to get out of here so that we can all go. Vinny's got to go eat dinner, and then uh, i got to go eat a bowl of Cheerios because for whatever reason, that's what we're going to do. And Zim's got a whole family to worry about. So, well, I guess, I guess I just yeah, they're all asleep. <laughs> Excellent news. But uh, Zim, we'll, ask, we'll start with you on your shout-outs, buddy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I got nothing. I didn't prepare for the show at all. If you guys didn't notice, this was so off the cuff for me tonight. Shout-out for shout out to everybody listening. Shout-out to everybody here. Shout-out to you guys for being awesome co-hosts. Um, Shout-out to the White Sox for giving us something to be – fans of i don't know (laughs) oh man i'm just uh it's it's late you know it's it's been uh a long show and i'm uh ready for bed so shout out to the casper mattress company uh for making a really really freaking comfortable bed sim's gonna be asleep in like five minutes it's gonna be sweet (laughs) But no, Zim, appreciate it, man. Uh, how about you, Mr. Vinny? What do you got for shout-outs? Mr. Vinny always shouts out Katie, my favorite. Um, I will also shout out Mom, Dad, Joe. Love you guys. And I will Thank shout you. out Frank Mueller that is going to host Bar Down Talking Hockey with me on Wednesday. And we are going to get you all set up, getting ready for the postseason couple games left. I think we're at uh, most teams have anywhere from eight to 10 games left. So I believe this league right now is as entertaining as any of the sports and you need to come check it out with us. That is my shout out. I think I'm shouting out hockey in addition to baseball. You need to be watching both sports. It's amazing. Come watch bar down talking hockey 2 PM Wednesday. I love it, man. Oh, and Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursday, Travis is going to come on, I believe. And we're going to talk with a couple other people. I think we're going to have kind of like an open mic kind of thing. Like you guys should definitely pop in and say hello and tell everyone why the White Sox are significantly better than the Cubs. Mr. Shorty wants us to talk about the Cubs one night. We certainly ain't doing that on South Burb Sitman, but we do it on Crosstown regularly. So you need to come in for that show. 2 p.m. Can't wait. Do it. Thursday. You said 2 p.m. Thursday? 2 p.m. Thursday. I don't know why my work always puts these big mandatory meetings right at that time, but we'll see what, what I your can job? figure something out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that would solve a lot of problems, actually. It would solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of scheduling conflicts, for sure. So annoying. It would solve one problem and make a million more. But I don't know uh, about that. Your kid would love you anyway. Yeah, right? They make boxes big enough for a family of three. Jesus Christ. I got a great Dane that's 130 pounds. There's no... Oh, good. You got a guard dog, then. He gets his own box. Um... But no, uh, my major shout outs as always, my beautiful wife, Catherine, uh, my baby girl, Audrey, who's over one now, 
growing like a weed and trying to walk. She's really close. And my great Dane Maverick, who, by the way, it's his third birthday tomorrow. Uh, it's hard to believe that he's going to be three years old. That's crazy. Uh, he's hilarious. And he's probably ready for me to take him outside as soon as I open the door. So <laughs> shout out. Yeah, no, he, either that or there'll be a pile outside the door, but I doubt it. Um, but uh, shout out, shout out to my beautiful family. Love them all very much. Uh, shout out to you guys, Vinny and Zim. Uh, I love doing the show with you. I thought it was really smooth, conversational. No roadblocks along the way. It was really fun. And uh, it's going to be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to that and just kind of shooting off the cuff and having a lot of fun with you guys. So I appreciate you guys. Shout out to Aldo Gandia, the barkeeper, for letting us do this every single week and and being the, the master behind the brand and the man behind the curtain. So Aldo, we appreciate you. And I'm going to shout out the whole chat room. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Um, I can't name all you, but, you know, just a handful, Travis, PZ, Richard Shorty, uh, I believe we saw our buddy Gabe in the chat room earlier. So shout out to Gabe for making a good run in the the, the 108 tourney. He got knocked out, right? Then I'm not crazy. Yeah, he's done. Okay. But a lot uh, of bots out... involved in his matchups. Yeah, it, the whole thing's confusing to me. Yeah. And I'm not going to dive into any of it. <laughs> no. Of course, want to shout out Foster as well. Um, I think my uncle Joey was here. Uh, who else am I missing? I'm going to name you guys because I appreciate you. Um, we saw Steven Z, which I don't know who that is. Of course, it's Zim, but <laughs> shout out to you, buddy, and uh, and everyone else that was here. So really, really appreciate you guys. Long-winded shout out, but I love everybody. I want to shout out the city of Las Vegas because I had a hell of a time in the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas Hotel, which they should sponsor our show, but they won't. Um <laughs> Nonetheless, great show. I love you guys. Baseball is upon us. Thursday's opening day. Let's go win some games. Let's knock Jose Abreu on his ass and make him regret leaving. Or we could just give him a pat on the back and say, it's okay. We miss you. But we'll, we'll have one take. Out. We'll definitely I, – I got nothing to say. My, my mouth's not working right now. So I'm just going to wrap this up because it's been a long-winded wrap-up. Uh, go watch The Mandalorian on Wednesday. It's a great series. <laughs> not promoted at all and uh with that said how do i how do i end the show every week Vinny? i don't even remember how i end the show what do i you say, say let's go white Sox. they'll be four and oh next time you see our face see ya i like it we're gonna go with that we'll see you guys next week they play five Sox. Games.